Acquaintances agree, friends argue. And that's a straightforward one. The better friends you are, the more openly you can disagree with each other. So feel free to present a counterpoint if you don't agree with what I'm saying. Argue away. Sure. All right. Not a promising start. Okay, forget what I said. Just go along with my advice. Do you know the saying, one forgets the hurt once the wound is healed? And that, of course, means, um... Uh, where'd I put that piece of paper? Did you say something? No, nothing. Uh, so, uh, forgetting the pain when the wound's healed means, um... That you have to get better fast. Yeah, that's it. So stock up on those rations and bandages. Is that really all it means? Hey, I'm the expert here. Snake, have you heard this one? Evil is human nature, and his entire being, falseness. The concept of so-called original sin. The idea that you're born bad, so you can't help doing bad things. Hold on. I thought the idea of original sin was that you had to work even harder at being good because you were born evil. Uh, oh, yeah, that too. Very good, Snake. You know the story about Achilles in Paris? The moral here is, uh, well, something about his heel. Anyway, even the great and virtually immortal hero Achilles was finally done in by Paris. Talk about a dangerous city. So don't get complacent. The mission can turn around and get you. Wasn't Paris a person? What? Paris. I thought he was a... Snake. There's a time and a place for conspiracy theories. Please, I'm trying to concentrate here. Huh? Ah, uh, sorry. What is up, gamers? Welcome to episode 34 of Casual Master Quest. I am Nick, your host for the show today. I'm joined by my lovely, uh, lovely, lovely co-host. Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Things have changed. War has changed. I've changed. Sure. Oh, man. Okay. Tyler, you're sounding a little bit different there. Uh, any any particular reason why? It, it sounds weird to me because I'm speaking normally, but now that I know I got this sweet ass mic in front of me, I kind of like I uh, want to play it up a little bit. Like, hey, what's up, people? My name's Tyler. But yeah, I, I got a new mic. I uh, upgraded over the week. It feels pretty damn good. I've only had one person call it ear rape. So, yeah. And uh, I was uh, doing a uh, the Blue Yeti, just a plain one. Uh, it was a nice USB one, and it served me faithfully. But this time around, I decided I wanted to turn my love back into XLR, and here I am. I uh, was, I would say, a, a between two and two fifty for uh, the whole setup entirely. It's not too bad, um, especially for the kind of uh, production quality qual- production quality we want to hit or we strive to. Uh, these are good upgrades. Hell yeah! Because the nice thing about uh, the Blue Yeti in general, it has a N-board DAC or digital analog converter. Right. So you plug it in straight to the computer, and it's good to go. But you know, having a tiny little thing in the mic like that. Oh, I mean, the Blue Yeti is pretty big, and it, that's why it has that kind of size. But to uh, buy both a professional mic and then a professional uh, DAC to convert it properly, it you can tell the difference. It's uh, a lot crisper. It's a lot nicer. Like uh, as it turns out, the power of money actually does something. What a what a surprise! Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? Don't don't worry. I I, I appreciate you and your blue snowball as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I, I do the best I can on a student budget. 
that that is fair. I'm gonna say it. Yeah. I, I got this Yeti I'm no longer using, so you know, if talk comes to talk, but I feel like you know what? I feel like you've somehow managed to put the uh, that snowball in such a good use that it served you faithfully, and like I'm amazed at how well you sound with it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I uh, audio is a audio is a big thing for me. I've always been interested by audio, and I'm always trying to make sure that I can make myself sound as best as possible, um, which is hard sometimes because. Uh, we are very biased to our own voices and how we want to sound, but we never know how it's going to come across to other people. So I do my best to make sure that um, I'm trying to get as much feedback as possible. Um, yeah, I, I did want to be a sound engineer, like a music producer at one point. So I did do a little bit of self-learning. That That is totally acceptable too. And quite frankly, I realized that normally in uh, Unnatural, my voice sounds god-awful. It's nasally, it's kind of weird deep. And I like to go in these weird high actos every now and then, just uh, I'll just throw it in a random direction. And I think I do that whenever I get nervous. But uh, the main point is, ooh, I, the moment I realized I wanted to do something where people would hear my voice, I wanted to edit it into something as, you know, maybe not natural, you know, manufactured. There are some cool people out there that have amazing voices. I do not. However, I do now have the knowledge to make it sound, you know, moderately attractive, or at least in my head, what is, you know, moderately attractive. Uh, until I become, you know, Optimus Prime at this point, where I, you know, I start adding body parts to my my larynx and all that stuff, and I'm like, look <laughs> at me, I'm now attractive audibly. Roll out, Autobots. But you know, it, it's doing it's doing pretty good. I enjoy it, and uh, quite frankly, I want to give a big shout out to Voice Meter because, uh, wow. Voice meter can change a lot, as it turns out. Ooh. Voice meter is doing the God's work um, pretty much by putting out such a uh, sophisticated software for practically free, right? It's donationware. So if you feel like you're getting the best out of it, you can go ahead and donate as much as you want. And they even have an accompanying software called um, uh, Voice VAC, Virtual Audio Cables. I couldn't think of the word. Okay. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I, uh, I, I ordered the mic when I went on to a trip for, uh, you know, or one of my times I was just, you know, sitting around in uh, the truck because, uh, I'm, I'm doing a weird phase or experiment with my job right now where I'm not actually driving unless, uh, somebody's on vacation. Now, before I was training all throughout all that period, all that period, you know, I, I was telling you, it was like, oh, it'll only be six weeks. Well, it was not six weeks. It was much longer than six weeks. And uh, when I was done training, if I wasn't going to be uh, taken over for somebody's position, I was going to be working in the warehouse. That has no longer happened. I am now actually riding along with the drivers to A, learn the route, and B, help them out to make it a little bit smoother just in case. And uh, it's going to be a lot of time uh, to look at stuff, like on Amazon. In fact, there was a, there was a chair on Amazon that I was also eyeballing because, uh, quite frankly, this, uh, this beautiful, high-quality luxury chair that... I think my best friend got from Goodwill uh, has not been doing me that good. Now, I'm going to get a little TMI here. Are you guys ready for this? I'm very sorry for it this. Is with it. So this chair is a nice, sturdy, wood-leg chair. Uh, you know, it's, I would say, 80% wood uh, with a very, very uh, thin, uh, not, not even worthwhile for carpet, thin uh, material over it. It's very stiff. And I was, I was never really the stiff type, but when it comes to uh, gaming, I was okay with it. But some reason, this damn chair is so fucking stiff that if I sit in it for more than like an hour and a half to two hours, uh, I'll try to adjust myself around to get a little bit more comfortable. Right, and this right. like the slow moving pinches my balls. I kid you not. 
uh, just this 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 slow horrible uh, you know unenjoyable pain of trying to play a game and just slowly but surely your uh, vast deference becomes in mortal danger because of your gaming chair that that is not acceptable and so i've been looking at you know i had cool chairs on amazon right. it's like what uh, what chairs won't murder my family you know uh, i want to have a future here i don't I, I don't need that stretched out it's good where it's at no no what's what's the meta nick nick's got, got oh, real quiet um, over here it's like i have no input for this no i was gonna say you probably want to go for something that has um office chair ergonomics uh that's probably gonna be your best bet but they can get a little pricey right uh, there was a chair that i saw i think it was around 250 uh has a nice capacity up to 400 pounds it's like oh damn you, got, you know maybe i can gain some weight now then juice and uh just uh problem is though a lot of these chairs that claim that they're heavy duty look really flimsy and it's like i understand i gotta build this from a box but are you sure that's gonna stay upright in this direction and uh you know a little shout out to my friend Brandon. Uh, he was telling me about how he was uh, at somebody's house delivering a package and he had him try a chair and it was just nice sweet ass chair that had a huge weight capacity to it and he was able to sit back completely horizontally and still not fall over and it, it sounded amazing and then he was like you know he tells me the story he's like uh, how much is it $1,200 fuck that yep, holy that's shit about right. that, that, yep. that is spooky no thank you NTY uh, beyond that celebrated new year's did uh what i do best new year's uh drink all oh, right new year's happened right. yeah, yeah new year's happened, happened. Last, yeah. last week it was christmas we got to talk about now it's right. a new year happy right. new year's it's 2019 happy new, year. happy new year to everybody uh listening um it is 2019 that means we've got a year ahead of amazing things i hope that are going to happen uh, with Casual Master Quest and in your lives. Yeah, I'm going to say it for everybody. Everybody, it's a, a new year to uh, fuck up. I mean, go forward and try something new. <laughs> Excelsior. I mean, uh, do you, do, should we drop that name? I mean, not even a month ago, the, you know, uh, poor Stanley, you know, he kicked a bucket. No, it's, a, kind of, it's a phrase to live by, you know, onwards and upwards. And also a phrase to die by, as we learned. <laughs> oh, whoops. Oh, too soon, too soon. Uh, beyond that, <laughs> ooh, ooh, I, I, I feel the, the the lawyers at Marvel just slowly <laughs> creeping in. I, you know, like shadows in the window, kind of like uh, that scene of the movie. I, well, I'm trying to remember what it's called uh, with Patrick Swayze. I think it's called Just Ghost. Uh, there, there's a scene in oh, there from like of, the 90s. Yes, with the uh, where uh, when when people died and they're going to hell, like uh, they had these weird shades come in from the you know the darkness and going. Except the, in this case, it's Marvel lawyers just you know doing that through the window saying, Excelsior. I wonder who would win in a speed competition between taking down copyrighted material, Marvel or Nintendo? Ooh, ooh. You know, I'm going to say that it's, uh, you say Disney and Nintendo? Technically, or, yeah. Say, no, yeah, actually, yeah, technically, Disney. Let's you say can Disney say Marvel if you want. Uh, I would probably say Marvel because Nintendo likes to play with this prey. You right. know, give it a few days and uh, let them post what they want on Twitter. That way they can really milk it. D uh, Disney and, you know, Marvel by extension, they, they like to crack down real quick. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it just so happens that, you know, a lot of the times they'll change copyright laws just to suit their own needs and make sure that they're not breaking copyright by doing whatever they were going to do. And so they'll just conveniently use all the capital in the world at their disposal to change a few laws here and there so they don't have to worry about anything but you know i uh, didn't hear that from me that's, that's friend of the show uh brandon is asking uh doesn't nintendo allow you to post things now and uh the answer is yes on youtube 
As long as it shows off as uh, creative content with actual input from somebody, uh, Nintendo will let it up now because they ended the yeah, Nintendo's yeah. creator program. However, I think where uh, Nick is going with specifically is uh, our uh, super best console of 2018, Soldier Boy console. <laughs> uh, or Soulja yeah, Game stuff like console, that, like with um, you know, uh, knockoff consoles, knockoff games, you know. Um, uh, Digimon, for example, uh, knockoff of Puck. Just, just <laughs> that is true. <laughs> You're gonna upset one of my best friends out there. But uh, yeah, whenever Nintendo realizes that they're not gonna get like legit money out of it, and there's no good press, they'll shut it down yeah. immediately. Or like, if they I'm can't still, hire somebody from it, that is also true. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you reference the uh, the Chris White and uh, Sega situation with uh, Sonic. Y yes, yes, that's exactly what I was referring okay, to. Okay, because yeah. I don't have any other examples, so <laughs> hopefully that's what, you know, the one you're referencing. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Disney, I uh, I would like to think that I am finally caught up. I am there, Nick. Uh, this upcoming in January 25th, 2019 is the release date of Kingdom Hearts 3. Isn't it 29th? Uh, I thought it was the 29th, but right now every time you Google Kingdom Hearts 3 release date, it's the 25th. I thought it was the 29th as well, because that's the hmm. same day my uh, sister is going to have her kid. Did they did they change it up in, in response? Uh, if you're asking they? if they're going to bump it up to release it a little earlier, the answer is yes, but probably not the way they wanted it, because no, that was 2018. Yeah, no, yeah. But uh, the, the 25th, the 29th, I have no fucking idea. It's coming out in a few weeks, though. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out by the end of the year, uh, by the end of the month. I would say the end of the year, that that is also equally possible, depending on whether or not, <laughs> uh, you know, shit happens. In regards to that, there are over, I would say, seven, eight different games that you would have to listen to and uh, play properly in order to understand the story. Yep. And. That is a shit ton to understand yep. for somebody who just wanted to play Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and then go straight to Kingdom Hearts 3. Can you do it? Of course. But you're going to ask yourself, why the fuck does Axel have a Keyblade? Why the hell does Kyrie have a Keyblade 2? It's like, actually, that's not Axel. Who the fuck is it? I played, you know, that, that, that's Axel from Kingdom Hearts 2. That is not anybody else. Yeah, it's actually uh, a good form of Axel. His name's Lee. That's not, that doesn't make sense. He died. And it's like, yes, but in this game, he got resurrected. And you know, over here, uh, this is the main villain now. And it's like, but we killed him. But he came back because fucking bullshit Kojima level, you know, Disney magic brought him back. <laughs> Popular demand brought him back. Well, what about this game about, you know, 10 years? Uh, okay. Anyways, I'm not going to go into a wild jump uh, skit about this. But you're there caught up with Kingdom Hearts. There is a lot to know about Kingdom Hearts. And thanks to Got It Memorized Podcast, again, I'm going to give them one last shout out. They have been helping me understand and getting it memorized and understand what the hell is going on with the Kingdom Hearts lore. I'd like to say I'm somewhere around 90, maybe 95% understanding of Kingdom Hearts storyline and knowledge. And it's a lot. I'm kind of afraid for people who want to play Kingdom Hearts 3 and go, why the hell is this happening? And that scares me because I feel like that might cause a lot of uh, detriment to the understanding of the game. But if they're cool like me, then they could totally be understanding. But it took also like an extra 20, 30 hours of podcast listening to, you know, get a good grasp on what the hell is going on. And sh uh, I, I have a small hunch that like in Kingdom Hearts 2, because in Kingdom Hearts uh, 2, they showed like a recapped version of what happened in Kingdom Hearts 1 in the very beginning. I'm pretty sure Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to do something similar. And well, it's going to it be. Well, hasn't it been like 12 years? Yeah, it's been about actually 13 now since uh, 13. 2019. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, so I would imagine any smart person in charge of 
uh, directing any kind Mike, we're of... We're talking about Square Enix, the person that let go Hitman and IO Interactive and also made The Quiet Man and also had postponed the Final Fantasy VII uh, for a lot of other mistakes. But go on. Yes, sir. What were you saying? Any smart person in any in charge of any sort of media that I'm has, looking. That has a sequel with a big gap uh, as between Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3 would know to like maybe we should catch up the fans a little bit just to give them an idea of what's going on where they're picking up from and so i'm just going to go with that hope but I or they pull a kojima level metal gear solid 2 announcement and it turns out sora is in fact dead and they just make a whole new uh, list of characters to play in Kingdom Hearts 3 and they don't have to explain shit maybe we we won't know Unless I'm, you've already I, looked at the spoilers, it, let me say so that I, I all the trailers, the trailers suggest that otherwise he may still, in fact, be alive. Oh, so is Sora the main one then? I'm assuming. Uh, I mean, presumably, yeah. in uh, the the very last game that came out for uh, Kingdom Hearts, the franchise, uh, it's called uh, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance for the 3DS. That is uh, the the last main core title. So, I that's the long convoluted title. Um, it, I mean, it, it's 3Ds because, you know, 3DS, right? It's right, uh, Kingdom right, Hearts right. 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. man, look at them. Oh, wow. Nomura is really thinking right now, spinning in his seat. Wow. Got his hat backwards, sitting in the chair backwards. We don't even know what the hell he's doing. What's forward at this point? What's up? What's down? It's a drop, a dream drop. So, so you're going to play it at launch, I'm assuming? Yes. Whenever uh, it finally does launch? This is one of those games, I would say, if a new... I'm gonna I'm gonna name off three games that I you know without uh, even thinking about it, I'm gonna insta buy. The first one is uh, a new Zelda game, as one would expect out of me. The second one would probably be Final Fantasy VII the remake, which you know is showing my deep dark weeaboo side. And in this case now, Kingdom Hearts three. If there is a console based Kingdom Hearts game that came out that is new, that isn't a fucking remake, that isn't a eight word long subtitle to a game, which knowing down the poly make a version Probably. of that for Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3 by week 2. I'm going to get it in a heartbeat. It's, Kingdom Hearts 3.2 HD remix or remake or whatever Ooh, you want. Uh, yep, uh, rebirthed edition <laughs> deluxe yep. uh, with, with caramel on the side. But yeah, I, I'm totally going to buy it. So that is my big game to play in the next, you know, three weeks but you know we got some games that we can play in the meantime. What about you, Nick? You you went wild. You, you went to the wild. Uh, a little bit. Uh, we'll start off with uh, school. School started on third. Um, I'm so sorry. No, I'm excited. Um, I'm in a bunch of interesting cars. Uh, I'm in a bunch of interesting courses. Um, one of which I think is very much relevant to the co- uh, to to the show. Um, so there's a course that I enrolled for called Foundations of Game Design. Um, now uh, the previous semester was being offered as a uh, um, video game development course in terms of programming. And so they expected us to use uh, software such as processing um, and Java and Unity to actually build video games throughout the semester. Uh, Holy but, shit. That's but that awesome. Was, but that was uh, the course content was changed dramatically by the one instructor. How the course was designed was to teach you the foundations of game design in the sense right here are the you know reward challenge uh, theories. Here's how you make something fun, how you make something interactive. So it was designed around board games and like actual physical games that you play with people. And we learn how to, uh, you know, we study these different games and we learn how to make them fun or why or what makes them fun. And by the end of the semester, we make our own like board game, video game. Nice. Yeah. I mean, just 
yeah, board games essentially is a, a basic concept of something a little bit deeper like a video game, but yep. it's still there. I mean, that's game theory 101. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I'm excited. Um, it's I, I wasn't excited if it was going to be uh, programming based because I have no interest um, in, in video game development in that aspect. It, it's just like uh, practically it's just it's well beyond my interest. It's I don't enjoy it. I've done if something you similar. Yeah. Hypothetically, wanted to be a part of a, a video game development team. Then, what uh, what would you be the position you're aiming for? Then, um, like project manager, PR, uh, or oh, like so you, you high wanna, level stuff, like you again, tell or like what to do. core foundation stuff. Like what I'd be doing now is like we run through all the different scenarios, sketch up stuff, you know, workshop things, um, you know, play test them and figure out like what what it needs, what's missing. Um, in terms of the project management side, I just enjoy working with people and communicating with people. And so getting different departments to work together is 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 something I enjoy. I feel like you're the, the kind of person to go up to every developer and say, hey, what's your favorite kind of donut? And then fucking Friday, you'd come along with a nice you know, donut that everybody, you know, oh, you bought me a Boston cream? And it's like, it's because you've been doing a great work with artistic design. And you okay there? Stop, stop, stop leaking my secrets, Tyler. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dark, dark, deep secrets. My bad. The <laughs> deepest dive of secrets. Ooh, hot takes. Hot takes. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what happening. With one, that's what's happening with one of my courses. I'm looking forward to it. I, it's it's going to be a group project at the end where we have to make our own uh, game. Um, I think I would like to make a um, trading card game of sorts. So thank oh, something popular nowadays. A little bit. Companies are doing it right now. So I think something akin to like Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic: The Gathering, um, even Hearthstone, but very much uh, like a lot more simplified. Uh, There's not all these different like everybody has access to the same things. But Uno, basically like Uno, Uno meets Hearthstone, something like that. Uh, But with four players, what it would be like if you could make a Uno deck, but you know, it has you have to have all the cards, you know, zero through eight and all that stuff, yeah, different colors. But you'll have like special edition cards that you can flip over and they have like a special effect on it or something like that. You can have like up to 10. There would have to be something, um, that sets each player uh, apart a little bit, maybe gives them an edge, or uh, but I, I want it to be. On a on an even playing field where where you really have to rely on your own strategy, um, and re- strategy. rely less on RNG um, because can, RNG. Can I just is, buy my way the victory? No, not not oh. in my household. No. Oh, not not in my household. Watch <laughs> out, Papa Nick over Unless, here. Um, you know, it de- purely depends on the amount of money that's being offered. Oh, okay. So you're you're willing <laughs> to sell out. I'm willing to sell out, but for good reasons. You know, I could put it all towards my uh, tuition fee, uh, and then put a little bit more. Uh, finances into gaming. It's funny you should say that because uh, I forgot his name specifically, but the person in charge of Nier Automata, mm-hmm. uh, people were asking and curious, like, oh man, TB is awesome. I kind of wish they put her into this game. And she got put into a game. I don't remember which one, a fighting game of some sort. But uh, somebody, I think it's like Jirtaro, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, the one that has like this weird round head mask right, thing right. that has a creepy smile. Uh, somebody asked him, it's like, uh, what do we have to do to convince you to let us use to be in uh, other games? And he's like, just give me money. I'll seriously sell it for anything. <laughs> he legit said that. He's like, I will. If you got money, like give me two hundred dollars, you can be, you know, have her in your game. That's fine. We we love money. And it's like, I, I think that, that I think two hundred dollars is uh, um, underselling uh, amount, but I, I understand the point. Just to say her name, just to say to yeah. be, and somebody <laughs> like, wow, you know, I, I I'm feeling 
great like to be today or something like that and you know uh, mr uh money maker over here is like yes yes sell her out um but yeah no that's uh school um and then I took a trip to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, you you crossed the border. Uh, yeah, despite that, the that, Pacific Northwest, but I went to the other side of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, oh, pardon me. Sorry. Uh, yes. Welcome to the States, kind sir. You, uh, yeah, yeah. you traveled from Canada. Did you smuggle a Switch? Uh, no, I did not take my Switch with me. I didn't take any sort of gaming device with me, expecting to not play any games, but I ended up, I did end up playing video games. All right. So um, I think I've talked about my cousin before. Um, and how we used to play certain games together, you know, whenever I'd visit his house in India in the summers. Uh, so Max Payne, Total Overdose 2, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, I think that came out in 95 or 96. Um, and then he moved to Seattle to do his master's in 2015, and he's got a job there now. And um, I haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, went down to visit him, and he moved out of his previous accommodation to a new place where um, he's got three other roommates, and one of them has a PS4. And okay. They only had Spider-Man. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Are you enjoying Spider-Man? He's like, yeah, it's uh, it's good. And mind you, he used to play a lot of games when he was younger, but he's really fallen off from that. And I'm talking about like a, like a good 12-year break of like being invested into video, uh, video games. Okay. Um, and so when I asked him, when he's like, do you want to do anything? Because I went over on a Friday. I arrived on a Friday night and I was com- and I you know planned to return on Sunday uh, early Sunday morning, early afternoon. Uh, so we had the whole of Saturday. So Friday night, we really just ended up drinking beers, watching something on Netflix. And so he's like, Saturday came around. He's like, what do you want to do? Well, um, I really want to go to like a GameStop or something to see if they have any deals on Switch games because uh, because of conversion and stuff. It might be worth my time to actually spend some money here. Ooh, so when I came up, picking on his game here, didn't didn't really find anything worth my while, uh, worth my money. Um, I mean, Ooh. not that. Sorry, no, I didn't find anything that was worth the conversion costs. Uh, where it would cost just about the same if I bought it here. So I uh, held off on buying games. But my cousin and his roommate came along and they were looking at all, the, like there was one big section for all the PS4 games. And then I, 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 this is when I first told my cousin this trip was when I first told him about the podcast about Casual Master Quest. And so he called me over. He's like, all right, which of these games are good? And this is the first time <laughs> where, where the last few months have really like, uh, paid off in, you know, IRL in, in real life, where it's kind of like, all right, which of these games are good? And so I'm like, all right, listen, here's here's the breakdown. Uh, Witcher 3, uh, and they were looking for like uh, the, the pre-owned games, right? Because I'm like, it might as well save some money if you're not going to be spending that much time gaming. Yeah, it's through the well, system, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm like, Witcher 3 is one of my, uh, uh, they wanted like a good mix of single player, multiplayer games. Um, like Witcher 3 is my, the one game that I'd always recommend anybody to ever play. Um, if you're not into difficult games, because Witcher 3 can get very difficult really fast, um, especially because they don't do a good job of telling you what to do right at the start. I'm like, pick up, it has a um, story mode where you can, a story difficulty where the hack and slash is really simple, enemies really easy to beat, and you can just play for the story. Um, then he picked up Ar- Arkham Knight because he has played Arkham Asylum and he didn't know he didn't that know Ar- another one existed. No, he didn't know that Arkham Knight was on the PS4, I think, because it came out in 2015. So the, it, I think it released on the PS3 as well. Mm, um, okay. Uh, I mean, PS4 came out, I believe, in 2012. So if it came out on the PS3, that's... Uh, Jesus, uh, I mean, it, the game my, came, my came out originally in 2012. Anyways. Possible. Anyways. Um, so he picked up Arkham Knight. They picked up uh, the Endsane trilogy from Crash Bandicoot because his roommate uh, grew up playing Crash Bandicoot. And I'm like, that's a good buy. And they're like, all right, we need some uh, multiplayer games, you know, for when we're sitting at home. I'm like, all right. Um, the one thing I, I, you know, easiest multiplayer game to recommend on the PS4 is like uh, uh, sports games. 
So they picked up uh, Madden 18, uh, FIFA 18, and uh, UFC 3. Uh, just because, just be oh, also because GameStop had a uh, buy two pre-owned games, get one free. And so we nice. were just scouring the pre-owned uh, uh, sections. So that's why we ended up with a few of these. Um, and the first thing we did was pop in UFC 3. Um, I ended up playing a little bit this weekend, and it was fun. Um, graphics were... I mean, I know what to expect from an EA game. They really do a good job with their graphics, making them as realistic as possible, especially a lot of their physics. Um, uh, the graphics were good. Uh, Dana White is a is a fighter that's available. You can play as Dana White in UFC 3. Um, you can I play no as... I who that is. Uh, Dana White is the... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's the president or uh, CEO of UFC, uh, but he's the one who's always at all the fights and doing all the, like, you know, presenting the titles and belts and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Then uh, you can fight as Bruce Lee if you wanted, but you just have to play the story a little bit. Um, okay. Uh, I feel like this might be taking an interesting turn. What's going on here? I, am I going to be able to play as Tony Hawk too? What's going on? No, you can play as Tony Hawk, but you could play as uh, Kimbo Slice. So they, I think they put in a few legacy uh, um, UFC fighters as well. You could play as CM Punk. CM Punk had a brief UFC uh, MMA career as well. Um, nice. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun game. Uh, really, just working on combinations. It was controller. It was a controller I'm not used to because the uh, thumbsticks are right next to each other. Whereas with an Xbox, one's a little bit further up on the left side and the right side's a little further down, so, which is what I'm used to a lot more. Um, but beyond that, all we did was just sit around, drink, went out, got some food, napped, and then I came. I came back. Uh, I oh, I say, and then I came like, oh, this took an interesting turn. What's going on here? <laughs> I feel like you must have skipped a beat. What's going on, uh, Nick? Uh, and then I came back home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my uh, that was my week. How long is the the drive from uh, the how your house uh, down there? Um, it really depends on the border. But fortunately, for whatever reason, the border was pretty much free um, this trip. So. Uh, barring my frequent stops because I kept drinking a lot of water so I had to pee a lot um, anywhere from two two hours and like 15 minutes to almost three hours depending on how fast you're going and how bad that's traffic can good. get yeah it's not that, too bad that's, that's a good fair distance right there I mean um, I, I think it's something like 190 miles okay yeah. uh, wait 190 miles yeah how the how fast are you going uh, I'm usually I'm usually averaging about 90. Oh, 90 kilometers, right? 90 miles. Ni okay. Yeah. I, I don't know what the, the speed limits are over there, but... Uh, I, think it's, I think it's 70. Hmm. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> your trip. <laughs> God damn, dude! Control I, yourself! On my way down, it was dark, so I was sticking to the speed limit. On my way back home, it, it wasn't raining. Um, it was during the daytime. It wasn't as busy, so, you know. You do what you have to. You felt the need, the need for speed. Um, I, it's only ninety miles. It's really not that fast. I grew up in a <laughs> Tyler. I grew up in a country where people were doing um, uh, one hundred and ten on eighty on eighty roads on seventy roads. Okay, but in the states, that's called reckless endangerment. That, that's that's license. No, no, I, no, I, no, I understand. I'm not. So I'm not saying I'm gonna go marginally over the speed limit, but I, I tend you just to drive. Said you went over ninety or twenty miles per hour over the speed limit. Understood. But it's not I like just, I was. Oh, here's my draft card. It's not like <laughs> it's not like you I know was who I am. One. I I, <laughs> I tend to drive based on how others are driving around me as well, and there are quite a few people going at about my speed too. So it's not like I was the only one overtaking everybody. 
I'm totally imagining you getting pulled over because somehow a cop managed to catch you. I don't know how you, you <laughs> went my speed at this point. And you know, he, he has his uh his state trooper hat, comes up to you, and the first thing you say is, Do you know who I am? And you just rip your overshirt and it shows like casual <laughs> master quest, like I'm the goddamn co-host for the casual master quest, and he'll be like, Have a good day, sir. And you just yeah, that's an instant booking. That's arrested on the spot right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay fair enough I, I don't want to go in the direction i want to because <laughs> god damn that could that could go south real quick uh, well, well, well uh, it's washington so it's a little bit it's a little bit safe for me so okay fair enough <laughs> i wouldn't know i think i went to washington once in my life washington yeah. state so good uh good time i think i i swam in a river for some reason nice yeah that's what that's what you do when you come out of the pacific northwest you s- swim in the rivers hunt in the mountains do stuff you know you know just you just go out there try and meet sasquatch yeah, natural stuff this sounds like fucking yeah. hippie talk what's going on here it's, it's essentially that's what it is that's what we are except we're vegan too so it's kind of like you know we're kind of <laughs> fucked either way I'm, I'm still upset that i'm um in the older range of uh millennials right now just because of this kind of shit yeah uh, millennials killed mayonnaise I, I just I made really that like up. I, 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 exactly it just, just tastes weird. I, everyone's miracle whip Manos is dead. Um, so, uh, what have you been playing? So, um, as I just mentioned, some um, UFC three. I really haven't been playing much, uh, purely because school started, and then I took this little trip. So, I've been gone from my uh, uh, computer for a good, like at least two, three days. So, it's just been kind of like it's been good to get away. Um, uh, I did play some Overwatch with some friends. I played some Destiny, but this week on Destiny was uh, special. Uh, we attempted to clear all the raids in Destiny two in one go. All um, the raids, all of the raids. So that's um, Leviathan, Eater of Worlds, Spire of Stars, The Last Wish, and Scourge of the Past, all in one sitting with some buds. Uh, we only got through the first three that came out with the base game with Year One D Two prior to Forsaken, and then Forsaken launched The Last Wish, and we got about a third of the way through it just because we'd already hit the eight-hour mark. Because a lot of these raids, the first three. Uh, we were raiding with people who at least half of us had never done any of them and I haven't done two of them. And so there's a lot of learning to go around and just a lot of like um, team building exercises, getting some of the frustration out from con- constantly wiping and not learning some of the mechanics. But it was a lot of fun. I bet it was uh, yeah. for me doing that, like going with friends in World of Warcraft and just burning through all the old raids just because you can and just find weird, cool shit. Yeah, I could totally yeah. understand uh, how that would be fun and entertaining. You said uh, it took about eight, nine hours to do all that? Yeah, because, um, uh, again, there's just a lot of learning. Um, like the first raid, Leviathan, I'd done it a few times, so I just needed more refreshers because it's been, it's been a while. Um, and so we were able to get through that fairly quick um, because the other three people had never done them. So just teaching them what the mechanics for each encounter was and getting through it um, took a little bit of time, but not too bad. Um, it was Spire of Stars, the third raid that released with uh, Destiny 2 Year 1. Uh, Eater of Worlds, we cleared pretty quick. I think we cleared that in an hour. Um, nice. Spire of Stars um, is one of the more mechanically... Um, it's, it's not... Difficult is the right word. It's just a lot. It's more. It's one of the more mechanically convoluted raid encounters I've ever uh, done because I've done all the Destiny One raids too. So I, I have a good history of comparison for each and every raid encounter. And the last raid encounter in Spire of Stars, which is technically 
is a raid lair because it's a um, uh, as de- as uh, Bungie described it, a raid lair is a little bit more. Um, it's a lot shorter and just a lot more challenging, but it's not full length raid, so it only had about three encounters. Um, okay. Whereas okay. a regular raid will, a raid will have uh, four or five encounters with a few other sections uh, in between. Hmm. Um, so Spire Stars actually took uh, almost just as long as uh, clearing the first raid, uh, Leviathan, um, and then we got through the last wish. Um, we didn't get through it. We it took us a while to get about a third of the way through it because we were tired at that point. We we're about you know six ish hours in. We're all getting on each other's nerves. We're all hungry. Um, we're not seasoned raid raiders. We're not seasoned raid teams because when Last Wish first launched, um, the first raid completion took twenty four hours. Yes, Probably it did. Eighteen hours. Uh, it was up there for sure. Yeah, um, and these people were able to go at it and not kill each other, right? Still, and they were still friends after, because um, you know, after like your hundredth wipe, that for sure though. Yes, after your hundredth wipe, it's uh, you know, it's kind of like you know who fucked up, and it's like, well, fuck you, then you know. Um, and yes, I know that for sure because they're currently doing speed runs of the most recent raid, uh, Scourge of the Past, which wasn't as long or as hard as previous raids, but still fun. I still haven't gotten to play it. I've seen plenty of gameplay, but they're doing speed runs of it and. Uh, to finish it for the first time, World's First was an hour and 45 minutes. Speedrun times right now are about five minutes. Wow. Okay. Goddamn. Yeah. That, that's pretty <laughs> short. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Okay. So, uh, you, you talked about UFC 3. Uh, what other games have you been playing? Um, uh, beyond that, uh, what you've been playing, Nick. I talked about Wizard of Legend a couple of weeks ago when I picked it up. Um, and I just went back to it. I go back to it every now and then, just plug my controller, and it's like a fun, uh, chill game before I sleep. Um, what game are we talking about? Wizard of Legend. Oh, I too actually got Wizard of Legend. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah. So, what do you What do you think about it? Uh, that is not a game I should be playing in a semi truck. Uh, no. Like, uh, like bouncing around and trying to calculate and know exactly when to push the button. No, I, no. I get fucked up real quick. Yep. That yep. is a uh, a game where, especially single player, is something I should be tryharding pretty good. Yep. And uh, I mean, I mean, it, it does have it. It does have that affordance for you to want to, uh, you know, really try hard, think about, strategize. But I like that once you get up there with you know the amount of spells that you can unlock and everything's just exploding and everything looks crazy it's just a fun like wind down game for me sometimes yes it is and i'm a little iffy on the controller schematic for uh, the switch uh just everything's spaced apart i, I was playing in handheld given so uh okay. m- maybe if i throw this on the tv where i can see everything a little bit better i'm not <laughs> acting like i'm in a real life bouncer on in my chair and stuff uh yeah because bless you uh michigan potholes but you are son of a bitch for some of these <laughs> games but i i think it's a good challenging game i'm kind of excited because there is a uh a offline co-op that so if my yes. wife wanted to play yes. we could totally play together so I'm hoping to give that a shot with her. But nice. yeah, Wizard of Legends, pretty good. It's on sale um, right now on the Switch, just uh, for those who oh, are is it actually? Yeah. Okay, I think yeah. it's $13.99 right now on the Switch. I think uh, it's worth it for just like a fun crapshoot kind of game where you just kind of like either you're bored or it, it does have some uh, worthy uh, grindy bits to it. Um, it feels like a 8-bit over-animated version of uh, Diablo 3. Uh, not so much the loot, just so much uh, there's just mobs of enemies and this uh, pre-generated uh, world that you get to go through and right, just right. murder and blow up. And it's yep. really satisfying. I, I like things blown up, as it turns out. Me too. So oh, does, cool. So, so oh, does, uh, so does Michael over. Bay. So does uh, Quentin Tarantino. But anyways. Um, you drag yeah. their holy names into our dirty sanctum. The, yep. the lords of explosions. Yep. Now we need Explosion Girl from that one anime. 
Uh, I downloaded a game. Oh, oh. But I haven't played it yet. Oh, no. I mean, no. technically, I've played it before, but I just haven't played it since I recently re downloaded mm -hmm. uh, Um, It's a little game known as Sea of Thieves, if you've never heard of it. Uh, yes, uh, our, uh, our 2018 Best Drunk Game of the Year. Yes, yes, Sea of Thieves. Um, uh, I'm very much excited to see what what's in store for me, for, for my... Uh, pirate legacy now here's here's uh here's something i did want to bring up in regards to cfds um have you have you heard of summit 1g my good sir yes i've heard of uh, the gentleman who posted an interesting thing on twitter yesterday uh known as summit 1g who is an avid player of uh CFDs amongst many other games, mostly yeah. shooters, but you know. Yeah, so I recently picked up CFDs, and there have been a lot of people complaining about the way he plays the game. Um, there have been a lot of people complaining about him being a pirate in a game of pirates. Does that does that make sense to you? Hmm. You know, if there was a game where I could do anything I wanted to, and there's guidelines to progress in the game, and there's also guidelines on how to hinder other people in the game, I suppose, you know, almost Red Dead 2 Redemption style, I would have to pick one or the other because it just seems like too much fun. But if you're, you know, one of the most popular players on Twitch and you decide to choose, I'm going to hinder everybody else rather than progress myself, I can see potentially where it would come off as uh, negative. However, as you are suggesting, it's a fucking part of the game. It's as, a part uh, of the game. Now, a fun see, part of the game, too. If he was, if he was using, if he was trying to, like, uh, if he was hacking and, you know, obtaining people's IPs and connecting to their servers and, uh, you know, uh, maliciously server hopping to specifically target certain people, that's a problem but all i see is a man going into going into the uh, into servers into so-called pve servers because people have a certain people have decided to make the game pve and remove a part of the game um he's decided to infiltrate these worlds where people just farm all the pve stuff and not kill each other and he's decided to be a pirate i'm curious on how that works because i didn't know there was a way to select a specific server because typically you can't, you you can't uh it, these are just groups on uh, you know across the internet that i think try to match and uh, i don't know how they do it um i don't think they're uh forcefully uh rigging the matchmaking system i think okay. it's really just server hopping smartly to make sure that a bunch of these people end up in the same server um and so that they can just uh, you know play the pve um, that, that is uh, a, a fair thing to do, and I guess uh, if that could be exploited in such a way that they could try to be pacifist, it would be just as easy for Summit to uh, find a way to exploit that to get in there as well to uh, change to the game. Yeah, to to ex not even exploit. He's 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 playing the game. He's trying to moderate the actual gameplay, and people are upset because they want to like soft mod it to a more peaceful setting. And Which Go ahead. Okay, what do you think about it? Personally, removing, and, uh, removing the removing the person from it. What do you what, what what do you think about the the situation in general? So, fun fact: I played Sea of Thieves this weekend as well. Oh, whoops! Uh, and I played with Brandon. Yeah, can you guess uh, the first thing that we wanted to do? Fuck people. We well, uh, I mean, well, that was people. after the game, but we wanted to find the nearest ship and then just light them up, Georgie. Light them yeah. up. Uh, so understandably. And to some extent, a lot of people like the PvP aspect of the game, and some people like to focus entirely on it because a the rewards for doing the more normal stuff in the game 
gives you nothing but aesthetics. And so once you get your deck out, you know, by level 12 in each of the three factions, there's no benefits to raising them unless you want to be a pirate legend. Even then, it just takes a certain level of neurotic dedication to get that. It's yep. not fun. So the other option is once you get the stuff you want to, you know, wear and whatnot, you duck out your ship and whatnot. The next best thing is fuck people up. And so I totally understand why Summit, who's probably put a lot more time than any of us combined, wants to fuck people up at this point because he has nothing better to do. It's like, he, he I don't even know if he's Pirate Legend. Honestly, I couldn't blame him if he didn't want to be Pirate Legend. It's not fun. But I mean, unless you're one of the rare staff and he's like, this is fun, right, guys? But yeah, uh, it's okay, the PvP. Uh, if he wants to do that entirely... That's great. Uh, I mean, if he wants to showcase it on the Twitter, that uh, sounds kind of douchebaggy, but, you know, that's his prerogative. It's like saying, hey, uh, when it when it comes to uh, me playing Destiny 2, I play nothing but Crucible because I just want to fuck people up because I know they don't have a chance. It's like, okay, weird flex, but okay, sure. that, that That's a respectable uh, brag, I guess. Uh, I don't know why you're talking about it on Twitter. Just, you know, have fun with it. But he's also an influencer, so I guess that would also make sense. Is he a defender at this point? Do you think uh, Rare would back him up on this kind of thing? Who, um, uh, uh, Summit. Uh, yeah, do you think if if Rare were to take a stance saying, hey, no, you should uh, try to do a more uh, balanced thing, or do you think, fuck yeah, Summit, you, you, you light him up? No, I think th uh, he's playing the game as it should be played. There are different, as you, as, you, as you outlined it, there are different things that you can do, and one of them is to be a pirate, and I think he's being a pirate. And I, he's not spawn camping people, he's not spawn trapping people, um, he's just being a pirate. He's probably good at it. Let's be real. Oh, no, yeah, he's, he's probably good at it. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I don't know. Like, I think people people are trying to make the most out of a game, PvE-wise, that doesn't have anything. Do you know what I mean? In comparison to other games. And then that's why And people are getting pissy about it. Or if you wanted something to grind and really, you should find another game, not this. Because there is these aspects to it. And you, the challenge of you raiding a skull fort and then getting away with all this loot while fighting off these other pirates is monumental uh, you know so, like the, the thrill of that is, is something else uh there, i mean pve finds its way to you sometimes for example do you remember when i just said maybe a few minutes ago how the first thing brandon and i wanted to do is get in our ship and just blow somebody up yeah we get 50 feet away from the dock and the water goes fucking dark and the kraken attacks us <laughs> and I, i'm trying to like i'm telling brandon he's like all right so what do we do how are we going to figure this like i Brandon, we're just going to take it as we go. We'll, you'll, we'll <laughs> learn it ourselves, all right? And so, still within, like, loading distance of the fucking island, we get attacked by the goddamn crack, and it's like, like, I heard the music, I was like, no. They See, wouldn't. At, that, at that point, the, these PVEers will probably just blame the game because you know it's like well we're just we, we're just trying to do this thing that we're not supposed to do and create all these servers just for pve farming and now the game decides to screw us over by sending a kraken no so a kraken versus a brand new player and somebody else and also fun fact he disconnected about five minutes into this fight like i didn't we had nothing to win i wanted to swim back to shore and just say fuck it at this point mm -hmm. it, uh because we saw a bunch of ships we wanted to uh mess with and the other ships are just circling us like sharks like we got something good i'm yeah. like i got bad news for you son the only thing we have is good looks and cannonballs we're about to run out of one of those uh <laughs> by the way i'm still good looking uh and so we started over again i was like okay back when i used to play you know back in my day when see these first came out i see the kraken about once every like five hours and that's right. usually you know it, it feels like a karma event like you you're being bad but this time it was like pure rng bad luck on our side we see it again within an hour and i'm thinking <laughs> like 
what the hell is going on? It's like, what were the chances? Because at this point, Brandon knew what was going on. He's like, abandon ship. And I'm like, fuck, why? And then he's like, oh, yeah, the Kraken. Okay. Hello, Kraken. By the way, Kraken, we still don't have anything. I, I think we ate all the bananas, too. No, you still want to destroy a little sloop? Okay, fine. That, that, that's fine. That's fine. And then uh, we hunted a ship down. We sunk their ship as they sunk ours. So that was fun. And then uh, we chased a giant cloud that I've never seen before that was in the shape of a pirate ship. And apparently uh, what this will do is it'll take you to an area where there is a, uh, a computer-operated ship full of skeletons. That uh, ghost ship. Uh, essentially, yes. And yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty awesome. I'm Except, pretty sure uh, that's, the, that's from the Cursed Sails expansion. But anyway, sorry. Continue. I, I think the drawback to that, though, was uh, Brandon was, well, we both were pretty inebriated, both in real life and him in game. <laughs> and so I think the first thing he did was fire himself onto the ship, leaving me to get rammed and deal with uh, the hull damage. Yeah. And so most of the time, our ship was just spinning in a circle as I'm trying to do repairs. He's like, oh, I got him. Oh, I died. And I'm like, well, we got we to gotta sink the ship. And he's like, Oh, got it. I'm like, you can't sink the ship over there. What are you doing? The, the, the skeletons kept spawning infinitely. So it's like we we eventually got into a strategy where I was navigating and he was on cannon duty despite right, right. being completely plastered at this point, which was you know very comedic. But uh, I we, we had a good time. Uh, yeah. We only got to play which a is, couple hours. Which is one of the amazing things about the game. Um, you know, unlike No Man's Sky and launch, uh, they they didn't promise anything that wasn't going to be there. They told us very clearly what was going to be there, and really, it was it's more it was more of a Minecraft kind of thing where it's like, all right, here's this canvas, here's this here's this book, here here's some pens, make your own stories, form your own adventures, go into the role playing as much as you want, which is which is rare for a game nowadays, I think, to create to, uh, for a game to forge experiences. Oh yeah, uh, like we discussed before with Dead Space Three, we'll bring it up one last time. If there's a game that's not like supremely awesome in its own right, but not god awful terrible, with the right amount of lubrication and a couple of people willing to get creative and have fun, it can be an amazing experience. Oh, yeah. And that's what CFDs offers. It gives you a chance to like, we don't know what the fuck you want to do. Just go do your pirate thing. Here's some cannonballs. Don't do anything too yep. crazy. And by God, we did it. It, it, it was fun. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to a chance where more people can play with us. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'm going to mention about games played, or at least I haven't played this, or at least not recently, but I'm planning a uh, Stardew Valley farm with a bunch of friends. So we're nice. See, uh, on PC, I presume? On PC. So we're going to see how that plays out. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm good on games otherwise. That was fun. Uh, shout out to my wife who uh, she started playing Stardew Valley once again, watching a streamer play it as well. And uh, she's been playing with her best friend, Dustin. So uh, I, you know, if you want to play with my wife, I guess. Uh, and, and Stardew Valley. And Stardew Valley. Nothing else. Strictly <laughs> tonic, sir. Sir, you You can see where my hands are. <laughs> yeah, but where's your third hand? I know we, you know. <laughs> um, we we have a fun uh, few topics here for you. It would have been funny if right there you, you put your hands in the air, but I realize one of them's a cardboard cutout or something. <laughs> like a fake hand, it just falls off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over on my end, I got a couple of games that I did yeah. beat over the course of the week, and I just want to give a shout out to. Uh, the first one is uh, Bayonetta 2. Uh, it came out for the Wii U, and then it came uh, out in a release uh, for the Switch. And man, uh, as Nick, I'm sure you can guess this with uh, the first one. I still have no fucking idea what the hell happened. And it, it, it is a game. It was fun. It had its moments. 
Uh, when it comes to story, Sega and Platinum just pull all sorts of wild shit out of their ass. Me like, let's let's let's, oh. let's be honest, Tyler. The game's really not about the story. That is fair. I mean, it came out on a Nintendo platform, which you know, for younger uh, teenagers and children, because they understand me. who their core audience is when it comes to the Switch. Oh boy! So, are you saying this is some kind of game that's fan servicey to thirteen, fourteen year old? I don't know what you're talking about. I see. So Bayonetta <laughs> 2 uh, was a good game. It was fun. I I got to play it on a uh, fairly easier setting, so I could just uh, burn through it. But it gave, I think it made it a lot more enjoyable because, A, it was a lot harder to lose. I still could, but it was a lot harder to lose. And uh, it just made me being able to access uh, the story a little bit faster. Uh, the story, in quotations. Yep. And as I'm sure you can guess, giant ass boss fights. There was uh, sequences almost identical to the Bayonetta. Like in the Bayonetta, you surf on a goddamn rocket towards the city. Yeah. Something similar, except you're on a jet fighter for some reason. And uh, there was also uh, one beautiful sequence. Do you remember in Bayonetta 1 where you punched the final boss so hard that you got to hurl it towards the sun? Yeah. We had something similar to that, too. Okay. So, uh, you know, you, you punched the final boss and uh, Jean, I believe her name was, has John. a giant Jean has a giant uh, demon dragon mouth open, and mm -hmm. you're trying to aim it towards the guy's, uh, you know, the dragon's mouth, and he's like, oh, it's just the way he's flapping. Like, it looks like a T pose gone wrong with uh, all sorts of physics. It's just him flapping around trying to get away from him. It's very comedic. Bayonetta two, okay game. Uh, you okay. know, maybe not not sixty dollars, but yeah, I was I, gonna say not probably not worth the full price. But I would say for a twenty dollar, uh, thirty dollars uh, with Bayonetta one package in or something like that. It'd be a worthwhile experience. It was, it was fun. If you want to understand what the fuck Bayonetta or Syriza is, uh, keep looking. Uh, just go through the Wikipedia because uh, they still don't know. It, yep. it, got, it got weird real fast. And they kept, you know, spooning in or, you know, shoehorning in characters like, hey, he's still here. He's alive. That's good. Anyways, I guess he, uh, out of Bayonetta 3. that is true. I don't even know what the fuck you do in Bayonetta 3 at this point. I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure they do. I mean, you know, it's like, We'll find out when it comes out. They they keep uh, sending uh, Kojima sake or something like that, and like, hey, email us uh, random ideas you don't want to <laughs> use in your game. We'll, we'll we'll try to see what we can do with it. So I beat that. Took about ten or so hours. I'm not even sure if it was right. that long, but it's a good fair amount of time. Another game that I got to beat this week uh, was Blossom Tales. Now Blossom Tales, uh, I, I got as part of a review copy, so I reviewed it a while ago, very highly. But I didn't get a chance to beat it just because of uh, time constraints and all that stuff. Right. Now, for those who don't know, Blossom Tales uh, is a indie game that didn't get to really see. Uh, it was a uh, Steam to Switch kind of game. So a lot of people could have uh, potentially played it already on the Switch. Or sorry, uh, on the uh, Steam, but uh, on the Switch. And it came out last year and it was fantastic. Uh Blossom Tales is by FDG Entertainment, which isn't a very highly known uh, company, but it is a clone of uh, Link to the Past. Now, when uh, people are like, a clone to Link to the Past, surely that can't be a good game because Link to the Past is the highest of esteems. Look, uh, Link to the Past is my favorite fucking game of all time. This is a good game. Like, if, if any credibility as a Zelda enthusiast that could say a clone that is good it means you probably should look at it because goddamn you know blossom tales is a fucking good game so um the publisher is ftg entertainment uh, developers are 
Castle Pixel LLC. Thank you. I apologize for that. That, that was, uh, no, that was a rude not, one. It's not, it's not very uh, uh, well known, even from a lot of the uh, official artwork. It just says FTG Entertainment and Castle Pixel is not really mentioned. Uh, the only reason why I, I thought so and I got it mixed up is because uh, FTG loves the fucking like anything that I say involving Blast and Tales. Uh, I guess the biggest shout out I'd like to give is uh, Rob Maher, who is uh, pretty much the head honcho in charge of uh, Glass and Tales. Like the, I believe he's the guy that spun it into place, if not had a very, very heavy hand into it. And uh, yeah, I messaged him, thinking him on Twitter. So Glass and Tales, it focuses on a girl named Lily. Uh, it's basically a tale that's supposed to be a childhood tale, like uh, Grandpa's sitting near the fireplace, a couple of kids are at the right. carpet, and he's like, and I was like, oh, I'm going to tell you about a game about a a, a kid dressed in uh, green who's going to save the princess. And they're like, Grandpa, you can't tell that one for legal purposes. Like, oh, you got me. Okay, I'll put this Zelda story away and tell you about the sleeping king. And there are four main dungeons, uh, three basic ones, and then like a, a Ganus Tower fourth one, which was damn good was hard but so fucking good there was a spot where i wasn't sure i thought i was gonna rage quit again man i got nervous uh because uh there's a uh, the reason why i quit last time is because i was on the third boss which was a uh it was a monk that could uh summon zombies in the hordes and just shoot okay. ice everywhere sure there's bullet hell all right what, what's going on Monk, it's just an interesting combination of characters, uh, character tropes it's and weird because it, it says it's a monk but it looks like a gargoyle so it's like sure okay and uh the the final like ganis tower is based in a swampland that had orcs so it's like okay kind of checks out uh it's uh headed by the evil wizard crocus or crocus i forgot what the name of the flower is and it's like okay so magic well no his fucking mat he, his fortress is just lined with electricity like a son of a bitch and it's like okay that just sure it's weird it, it has this weird style to it and when i finally was able to beat it it kind of ended almost uh, very quickly as soon as you beat the final boss, but I was like, I'm fine with this. You know, I spent a good you know time on it. A good, strong first game uh, in the line of Blossom Tales. I'm really hoping that they make a second one sometime soon. Uh, a huge shout out for them. They do have another game going on right now. I don't remember what specifically the other game is. Uh, let's see. No, I couldn't tell you, but... Uh... Oh, sorry, Rex Rocket. Rex Rocket is another uh, game that was made by the company, which is, uh, I believe, I don't think it's on Switch right now, but it's uh, an interesting game. It's on Switch right now for uh, five bucks. Sorry, on Steam right now for five bucks. And it's supposed to be kind of like a clone of Mega Man, if that helps with anything. Okay. In fact, it's a very high quality clone of Mega Man, I would like to think. But that's just a personal opinion. Uh, in terms of other games, I... Uh, picked up wizard of legend we talked about that and lastly i started playing as my main game whenever i'm uh playing passenger now is uh battle chef brigade i picked it up again i think this is technically the third time i've uh, owned a copy which was you know first time i got it uh, for free second time i got it for free but they're both on pc so i decided to finally pay the money and get on the switch and that is still a wonderful game what's uh what's made you put it down so many times and then pick it up again uh, the reason why I put it down originally was uh, either it wasn't holding my interest strongly or like a special event happened where it was like, hey, you're not going to play as the main character anymore. You're going to play as someone that you might not like as much and you're going to play a little bit differently kind of thing. And there was also times where I was trying to uh, you know, hold on to it, but it's like, oh, man, just playing on this controller feels weird. It's, you know, it, when I played it on the switch i realized that this was the best way to play blast or sorry not blossom tales no blossom tales too but battle chef brigade 
And I played a lot of games started with a B today or this week. What the fuck's going on here? And so uh, playing it on the Switch, I've been able to uh, put a lot more time in it than I thought I would. And now that I'll be able to sit down and relax and play this game in a way that I feel like is probably the most natural version, I'm really appreciating it. It's a really good game. Uh, being able to uh, murder monsters and then turn it into a puzzle-turning cooking game is probably the best I could ever ask for. Because I was I was hoping to play a Puyo Puyo game, which uh, this kind of could go in the right direction if you let it. And so I tried playing Puyo Puyo Tetris, the campaign. Problem is, though, the campaign, the first, like, seven, eight things, they make you play the Tetris portion. I suck at Tetris. I don't like Tetris. So I stopped playing. And so I'm playing Battle Shepherd again. I'll keep you updated. So um, I'm a little bit distracted here, only because I didn't know about this. Um, you mentioned um, you got Wizard of Legend on deal. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, there is a New Year sale on the Nintendo's uh, store online. Yes. I didn't know. So I'm telling myself this is more for me than anything else. So it's about 30% off max up to certain games up to the 10th of January. So make yes. sure you guys uh, uh, get on that if you see any games of interest. Um, I can tell you right now, Octopath Traveler is on sale. Nice. Uh, yeah. What's that looking like right now? Um, from $59.99 to $41.99. That not, is, not big, but it's it's a good enough. Cut. I mean, that's that's eighteen dollars. That means yeah, yeah. you know that, that that's a nice uh, lobster dinner right there alongside uh, Octopath, courtesy yeah, of so, Nintendo Nick. So at the top of the list, in terms of like uh, the the more expensive ones, we have Arms, Splatoon Two, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, Octopath Warriors Orochi Four. Uh, Civilization 6 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on sale. Which uh, it breaks my heart to say that I uh, <laughs> I have most of those. So <laughs> I, I, I couldn't really you know bring myself to... Uh, but yeah, if you were just, you know, pull out your Switch, go onto the store, you'd be able to see uh, a lot more of uh, what, what is available for, you know, on sale. And uh, quite frankly, I think it would be worth giving a look at just because of I mean, it's pretty much like all the top featured games that came out on the Switch last year and yep. the year before. So it's like, what could go wrong? Honestly, you can't really mess up. Those are good games. So, Nick, so, uh, hi. I know you're trying to eyeball a good deal over there. Sorry, like, yeah, 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 I'm putting it away. I'm putting it away. It's gone. All right. So modular segment. What's going on here? Uh, so our modular segment, this was actually proposed by you where we have yeah. another uh, versus, but in very specific situations and two different... Um, uh, characters. Okay, so before we continue, I just want to state some rules or uh, yes. try to give some agreement on rules. Yes. The rule is, and uh, they're in a trapped setting of sorts, and uh, okay. we'll explain real quick. In order for them to leave and hence win, they have to personally defeat the other player, uh, the for, other uh, character. What what counts as a defeat here? Are we talking about uh, death uh, or incapacitation? Uh, I would say incapacitation. I mean, they can go for death if they really want okay. to, but uh, it's not required because there, you know, some characters that we may pick have moral grounds. You know, like eh, maybe I should. I don't want to murder them instantly. <laughs> And some other people are like, ah, I'll take your head off. Haha, I've done that before. Yeah. Uh, they are aware that they need to defeat each other in order to leave. Uh, they do not know what the other person is. So surprise on first contact. Okay. Uh, they, uh, let's say they got a, like a little uh, a picture saying, hey, kill this guy if you want to leave kind of thing. And so they, they know what the person looks like, but they don't know what they can do, what, what powers they may have, what kind of abilities. So uh, to that end, is there anything else you could possibly think of? I mean, it's fairly simple to the point. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay, then uh, lay down the groundwork. Uh, who do we have versing each other? Uh, so today we have 
Isaac Clarke versus Spider-Man. Oh, shit. Aboard the USG Ishimura filled with necromorphs. It it sounds like Isaac might actually have uh, the upper edge. Uh, He may not like that fact, but... uh, No, Isaac's in his home ground here, so just to fill people in, um, Isaac Clark is, of course, uh, the protagonist from Dead Space 1, 2, and 3. Um, The USG Ishimura is a mining ship uh, that was present in the first Dead Space that Isaac Clark Clark was part of the crew as an engineer um, on their expedition for like planet cracking or whatever it was called. Uh, uh, The USG Ishimura is the uh, the basic bitch mining ship to uh, that the entire game for the first Dead Space was based on, as Nick said, and uh, it has a fairly basic groundwork of any uh, spaceship you can man uh, imagine, and it's also filled to the brim still for some reason with Necromorphs. Like, uh, yep. you know, you're walking around the corner, there's a good chance uh, one fucker might be sitting there, just, you know, rub one off and turns to look at you, and he's like, yep. hey, dinner. So, um, here, this is interesting. Um, my first question would be if we can get, get to agree on what version of Spider-Man are we talking about? And by that specifically, I mean, uh, we, I think we already decided that we were going to go with Peter Parker's Spider-Man, but I'm talking about his suit. Are we going to go with just basic suit or considering the or fact that he's in space, considering the fact Tony that he's in Stark. space, an Iron Spider suit would make sense. Okay, uh, that that does make sense, uh, given the situation. Uh, I mean, technically, I would like to say they magically teleported there, but we, we got to make it fair logistically for Spider-Man because, you know, all Isaac would have to do is just to blow a hole in the hole and just suck Spider-Man out. True. But uh, with, in this case, uh, he couldn't. Now, what is the Iron Spider suit? Um, the Iron Spider suit uh, basically gives him more defense. Uh, I don't think it buffs his physical capabilities too much, but it gives him mechanical uh, spider arms uh, that react to his thoughts and a few upgraded uh, web shooting ca- uh, capabilities. Oh, boy. Uh, that, that sounds like a lot right there. Who? Okay. So and the also the ability thing, to survive in a vacuum like space. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So the first main question is: before they even face each other, uh, do both of these characters have the capacity to maintain survival against the Necromorphs? I uh, believe so. Isaac Clark, uh, based on gameplay and also the fact that there are there have been sequels, Isaac Clark survives. So I, I feel like Isaac Clark um, is is a no brainer here. Uh, Spider Man has has been has been through the ringer. He's, he's faced off against the Hulk. He's faced off against Thanos. He has his own slew of enemies. I think it would be an unsettling environment for him. But with his reflexes and his core abilities, I think he'd, he'd be just fine. I feel like he would uh, be able to handle the Nakamura's like your basic ones that have the hook for hands uh, that like the stabby stabby. Uh, he might get thrown off by like the acid spitting ones, but I think he would learn fairly quickly to uh, web their mouths closed and whatnot. Uh, I mean, the only one I could possibly think of that would give him trouble would be uh, Big Sexy, aka the uh, tyrant that uh, right, cannot right. die through normal means. Uh, we've learned that you know we can combine or uh, confine uh, those fuckers in many different forms, but they always find a way to come back somehow through the power yep. of uh, you know visceral games. So okay, so they both can survive the environment naturally. I'm going to be defending Isaac Clark. I'm assuming you're going to be defending uh, Spider-Man. So yeah, tell me, uh, what would be your first plan of attack? Um, honestly, just to web him up to a wall and then make his way out. So are you? 
trying to tell me that Spider-Man's just going to be walking down the corridor and then just webbing everything he sees? Essentially, but maybe not walking so much as like acrobatically maneuvering his way through an onslaught of enemies and making his way towards Isaac Clark. Okay, so he's going to be bouncing around across the, the metal corridor making all sorts of fucking noise. Yes. Now, granted, uh, Isaac Clark is uh, just as likely going to be shooting his plasma cutter and making equally uh, the amount yes. of noise. So I think it's safe to say that they'll have a very good idea of knowing where they're going to go. Especially uh, because the Necromorphs will be singling uh, singling in on two targets, either Spider-Man or Isaac, right? So if you want to find the other person, you just follow the other, you know, the other uh, line, follow the other traffic. Okay. I would like to... Uh say that I'm picking Isaac Clark specifically after uh, hopefully surviving uh, Dead Space 3 or you okay. know he, so he does have his choice of uh, his arsenal in yep. terms of uh, what he could uh, equip I would say him I would say a good uh, it stinks because there's so many items he could choose from the first one would be I'd, I'd say that Isaac would probably have his, uh, his landmine now it very distinctively has three blue lines to shoot across it but if Spider-Man is trying to fight through Nakamura's, uh, what stops him from seeing that, uh, you know, being right there next to him? I feel like Isaac would be smart. He wouldn't try to take on Spider-Man head on. And he would set up as many fucking traps as he could possibly think of. Because in Dead Space 3, uh, Isaac is smart. He's trying to be safe. He's crafty. But the game will not let him afford to be there. He will uh, get thrown around as much as he possibly could. But right. I feel like wise, anxious, uh, cautious Isaac Clark would be putting a shit ton of landmines down and just in case i feel like he would uh have his uh air force gun uh, a gun that kind of like uh, repels uh people and so i feel like if spider-man were to get too close he would just fucking use his force gun and just blow him into a necromorph or something the necromorph would just bite him I, I i would think that would work maybe once or twice the force gun i don't think the mines would buy isaac a lot of time uh now what what a lot of people tend to forget or at least what's not emphasized a lot is the fact that uh peter parker is a very smart individual he you know he created this uh this fluid that creates his webbing that can handle you know tons of pressure it can hold tons of weight um and i literally mean tons um it's it's tensile strength is you know uh, even tony stark couldn't think about it he was impressed by it um as coupled along with the fact that his spider senses are a lot better than daredevil's um, and so it gives him the edge on reaction time and avoiding, uh, uh, you know, necromorphs while he's maneuvering around the ship. Okay, fair enough. Uh, my big question is, uh, this Peter Parker, uh, what is his lifting capacity? A, a lot. He's able to, uh, a lot. Um, we've, we've seen him lift, at least, at the very least, buses, full-size buses. Okay, so we're talking about something uh, somewhere, uh, let's say, around 10 tons. Let's uh, say he can something up to that, about yeah. three thousand pounds, maybe a little bit heavier, depending on you know the bus and whatnot, uh, who's in it, because there could be a lot of fat Joes in there. Uh, oh, uh, there is a lot of shit that could fall on him that he would have to try to carry. Now, a couple of things I want to point out: Isaac Clark, uh, probably one of his, uh, he has two signature abilities he could do: he could stasis and he can kinesis. Yes. You know what yeah. would happen if Isaac Clark was to shoot stasis at Spider-Man? while he's trying to get towards him. You think Spider-Man would be able to dodge something uh, that big and broad? Because that slows down everything. I don't think he'd be able to dodge it the first few times. So again, it's in an environment, as far as I know, traditionally in an environment where that he's new to, um, or at least something that he's not seen before, it takes I him mean, a little while to learn or pick up things pretty quick. I would imagine Lou's shooting at him. I, I like to think that if he saw it head on, he would have the oh. I would I would yeah, like to I, yeah I, to avoid yeah. that. Yeah, no, that, that's what I was getting at too. Like I would like to think that he would 
tend to avoid things, but that's the one thing I one place where Isaac has an edge uh, if he can manage to stasis him and then knock him out because I do think Isaac would avoid trying to kill him. Mm, I mean, because if, because there are situations here where they're forced to fight each other to to escape. I mean, let, let's be real. Of all the things where Isaac has chosen to uh, you know harm somebody or incapacitate him or just flat out kill him. Isaac has a pretty nasty kill record, unfortunately. No, I'm not saying he wouldn't. I'm I'm just saying I think Isaac would prefer to not. I don't think, but he, he wouldn't hesitate. Him, but he would. Uh, he he's so used to these Nakamores that he would, at the very least, try to maim Spider-Man in a way that Spider-Man would not be as effective. Uh, my main thought process is here is uh, he would put landmines down with the lasers, so Spider-Man would have to finesse through them, presumably well. But uh, alongside Stasis, uh, Isaac Clark can shoot Stasis out and slow down everything. But there is another form of stasis that exists in the game that he could take advantage of that Spider-Man couldn't really dodge. So, uh, um, stasis I'm, I'm barrels, just, if you I remember. I just got a number here just to quickly interject. Um, yeah. Spider-Man can lift and throw objects about as heavy as a big rig semi-truck with ease. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, that, that goes much so further that's going up into like 80, 70, 80 uh, tons. That, that's... Ooh. I mean, there's a, a lot, a lot of numbers. You could pull the biggest number if you want to, but uh, but no. So just to, like get some clarification on like strength, but I don't know how that'll help him in that situation because blowing things up or like punching holes into the ship might not necessarily be the best strategy. Yeah, that's a bit of a kamikaze move. Like, uh, yeah. it didn't work out well for him in Infinity War. No offense. Uh, <laughs> so well, there's a scene where uh, you know he, him and I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so okay, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> My, my question is, though, there are stasis barrels where, if shot, will cause stasis on everything near it. In a, in Do a particular reason, have, yeah. Does he have a good counter for that if he didn't know what it was at the time? If he just saw it sitting right there and he was dodging landmines and getting ready to uh, shoot up Isaac Clark, and Isaac Clark took a pot shot at that stasis barrel, what could Spidey do to defend himself? Because that pierces walls, that pierces a lot of stuff. I don't know what Spider-Man could personally do. Spider-Man would still technically... I would say since Spider-Man is superhuman fast... It would put him at most just a little bit below normal speed, just because of how time is slowed down. It it would depend on whether while the explosion happens, the stasis explosion happens. And here I'm nitpicking whether he's on the ground or he's in the air. He died. He won't have as much maneuverability while he's in the air, but on the ground, his legs, because of how much he's able to lift, his legs are pretty quick. So he could throw himself out of the way if he were to detect the explosion quick enough. And I feel like uh, the further away you would be from the explosion, the less of an effect it would have. So, yeah. you know, it, instead of having like being stuck for full on five, six seconds, it might just like try to eat him or slow him down a little bit for like a second or two. Probably. It's just uh, maybe not as me as the player, but Isaac Clark is a pretty good shot. I just feel like. Yeah. Uh, if you were to take on Isaac Clark head on, uh, I mean, just a plasma cutter alone. Also, I think I was uh, thinking uh, defending Spider-Man in terms of the way I think I would play him in the video games. I okay. would I would charge at things pretty recklessly. Like I just go in, but he's, he's, he's really small and it's I, a big ship. I feel like he'd be able to end with the way he can stick to walls and climb walls. I think he'd worm his way into vents to try and avoid a lot of the necromorphs to try and locate Isaac. Um, and agree. then approach from behind, web him up, and then have the door open and then leave. And then I think you try to bring him Isaac along with him. If there's one thing that Spider-Man, I think, would be smart enough to do is uh, set up a trap of his own. Mm -hmm. I feel like uh, Spider-Man would make a big-ass scene and then go quiet real quick. Like, uh, find a nice room like the atrium or something, 
And then uh, when Isaac Clark goes in to investigate and lay traps down, uh, Spider-Man has already hacked the door in such a way to lock him in. And Spider-Man will be hiding in the shadows up above or something, ready to slingshot the weapon away instantly. Now, if that was the case, that would still leave Isaac Clark with one last weapon I think he would have, that Spider-Man would have a very hard uh, ability to dodge because he can spam it like so viciously, and that's Kinesis. I mean, what stops Isaac Clark from ripping an arm off? I don't. I don't think um, he would go for uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, his weapon. I think he'd just go in straight for the kill and uh, tie his hands up, his limbs up together, and then just incapacitate him immediately. Um, hmm. Honestly, in this case, Ed, I feel like Isaac would have to be lucky to to win. At that point, he would be in a trap situation. I feel like Isaac would hide a lot, and that's when they would have this wild banter contest between the two of them as Spider-Man's Probably. like falling and stealing. And Isaac's like, so uh, what kind of fucking bug are you this time? And he's like, actually, I'm a necromorph. <laughs> I'm sorry, not a necromorph, uh, an arachnid. And, you know, um, he's like, don't science me, you fucking kid. I think I think Isaac has a good set of weapons and skills to maybe make the best out of a lucky situation. Um, he, I mean, he, if, might, he might have the, uh, because he's familiar with the systems of the ship and because he's an active engineer, I think he might have the advantage technologically wise with just his environment. But uh, reportedly, uh, according to the main line of comics, uh, Peter Parker has a, uh, what do you call it, IQ of 250 or whatever, rivaling that of uh, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, and Hank Pym, who created uh, the Ant-Man uh, technology. And combined that and with his... And an alcoholic, yes, I get it. And combined with his, uh, you know, years of street fighting as, as a teenager, um, putting himself in, in positions of constant harm since then, I feel like Spider-Man would have the edge with Isaac being a little bit delusional, a little bit deranged, he's lost in space alone at the end of Dead Space 3, somehow still alive, and he has to fight off these necromorphs and still somehow fight off this strange human thing that's not a necromorph but is trying to defeat him. I, I, if there's one thing that would keep Spider-Man at bay, and uh, you see it a lot in movies often, at least uh, for just uh, show the power of the villain, is uh, large object uh, chaos. And yes. I feel like if Isaac wanted just to uh, try to figure out what the fuck is facing, uh, he would start grabbing just huge objects and start lobbing up at the ceiling just to see what would happen. And uh, I don't see what stops uh, Isaac Clark from uh, ripping open a, a door to the outside and just say fucking and leaving the ship. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not. Isaac only has about maybe two, three minutes worth of oxygen, so he could escape into a different area. So, but I mean, at that point, that'd be leaving the arena. I don't think uh, that would be really uh, winning the fight there no. by sucking the air out. I don't know how much oxygen Spider-Man would have in his little iron suit if he would have infinite. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think he'd have infinite, but it'd be, uh, let's say, similar amount to Isaac. Okay. I, I feel like Isaac would create panic then. He wouldn't leave, but he would rip open a hole into the hull to uh, set a time limit to see who would uh, I mean, survive. I mean, we've seen that happen in um, uh, Infinity War, where he was able to use his uh, his mandibles, the spider, the mechanical ones, to keep himself inside the ship and seal up the hole. That is true. I mean, I'm not trying to suck uh, Spider-Man out the hole. I'm just trying to kill all the oxygen in the area just to create a little extra pressure. Okay. I, I do feel like you're right. I feel like Isaac would have a losing fight at this point because he's never really had to face a uh, a necromorph quite like this before. No. Because this necromorph is hella smart. <laughs> he is, he's only had <laughs> a bunch of big dummies so far. So one that can actually respond and uh, give him, uh, you know, give him petty insults while he, uh, you know, webs him up. <laughs> 
that would that'd be hard. I feel like Spider-Man would not actually go immediately for the kill either. I feel like he would like spider web down behind Isaac and say, hey, what's up? And then the Probably, Isaac yeah. would be like, what the fuck? And just start <laughs> shooting and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just a guy um, who over yeah, here. And at the, at the end of it all, I think uh, it's, if Spider-Man were to win, he'd um, um, try and figure out a way to get both of them away from the situation and save both of them. Um, Isaac would maybe Isaac would like to at this point after Dead Space 3 Isaac would like to but he just wants to get the fuck home I think uh, to see whatever that bitch's name is I can't remember her name um, Ellie Nicole take your pick uh, Carver either, either of them Ellie Ellie that was her name <laughs> Carver um, uh, yeah because like Spider-Man survived a fight with the Hulk he did uh, but the, I mean there's characters where uh, he's faced such as uh, Craven. Craven is a, a notorious hunter that uh, Spider-Man had the face in the comics. And, uh, you know, Spider-Man typically won in the end, but the initial fight, he usually lost to Craven. That's true. Craven That's was true. crazy. Now, this isn't and, and a best also, Hulk, is, Hulk is the brute force as well. This is just a, yeah, so this isn't a best out of three situation. This is a uh, uh, one-time, 1v1. You It'd know. be like Spider-Man versus like uh, Nick Fury or something like that. It's like, can Nick Fury win against Spider-Man? I, I'd say... Ooh. I, I think so. You think so? I think so. So, what the hell does Nick Fury have that Isaac Clark wouldn't, besides being a badass and missing an eyeball? It's Nick Which Fury. Should, like, Nick Fury sees everything. I mean, Isaac Clark, uh, through the power of commentary and stuff, I feel like he would see a lot of shit. Like, it would cut scene it for him at this point. <laughs> like, it gives him almost a sixth sense of sorts. Um, I I, no, I think this is. I think it leans towards Spider Man 65 35. I think that would be. <laughs> Okay, so you see, uh, Spider-Man has the edge. It wouldn't be a hundred percent fight, but I feel like I, I, I think because... with a few, like either well-placed traps, or maybe if he gets lucky with a few stasis shots, um, like either through barrels or through his own stasis, or uh, manipulating kinesis in some way, Isaac could win because that would put it, Spider-Man out of his element. But in the end, Isaac Clark is just a man who also has a hell of a very unique set of weapons and a couple of superhuman-like powers. That is normal to him, but it gives him a you know superhuman according you know to world was it three one six or six one six I forgot what it was that Spider Man six one six yeah six one six pardon me so I I feel like uh, in the end uh, Spider Man would win but you're right I feel like Spider Man would be a goody teacher and say why don't we just both fucking get out of here and fuck this saw game so I, I'll, I'll let the wind slide the Spider Man I can work with that. Also, the fact that you try to suggest you'd go through the ventilation and not get immediately eaten by necromorphs from different directions. You'd be able I, to I, tell where they are. Yeah, it's, I guess. But spider sense is better than most radars. His spider sense is top tier. You'd be able to tell exactly where they are and which way he needs to go. And those necromorphs can like smell vibrations from like a fucking mile away. They'd find them so quickly and he would try just to sneak around. It'd be like this god awful game of Pac Man. <laughs> there's no dots you just want to get the fuck out and find the, which the at that point you lay a few web traps so, you know cause them to uh, get caught in a sticky mess for a little True. bit he could web uh, behind him and at worst comes to worst he's strong enough that he could just rip himself out of the ventilation almost you know, pretty much in a copy fashion okay fine I'll, I'll slide it to spider-man <laughs> isaac clark would uh have his fair chance but he is outmatched uh very classily i would say uh, i was trying to th find somebody that could fit like me you know what happens if i put isaac clark versus uh lara croft or something like that and it's like ooh, ooh. but the problem is though his isaac uh, clark would whoop her ass that's the main problem because unfortunately if uh 
you know, the superhuman powers, all it takes is one stasis or kinesis, and she's, you know, trying to aim with her bow, and it's just fucking game over. Nathan so, Drake versus Lara Croft. That would be interesting. Yeah. That would be a good one. Uh, that would be pretty much uh, Menemous versus Venomous at that point, though. <laughs> so that, that would be interesting if you'd like to uh, set up that debate. Um, do you want to tell us what our uh, our little topic of the show is here today? Absolutely. Uh, before we do that, though, I just want to give a small shout out because we are actually going a little bit live. We're now at five viewers, and I want to give a shout out to people. Oh, like, hi, uh, people. Brandon, Peter, Hugh, Cam. Cam's been sharing the love just because I've been you know, trying to be cool with him, and it looks like he's uh, sending the love back. So thank you guys for listening to the show. Top of the show, uh, there was a new Pokemon movie that was revealed for this year, I believe, uh, in Japan. <sighs> And Nick here is given the biggest sigh potentially possible. Uh, I mean, he could give a deeper baser. Uh, I'm going to give a sigh as well. <sighs> it's, it's fucking ridiculous, man. Uh, so what's, what's making you give the big sigh? What's going on here? What's uh, the Pokemon? What's the legendary um, Pokemon in this? Um, so basically, it's a uh, remake of uh, the Mewtwo movie, the first Pokemon movie. Wait, and Pokemon the first movie? I think so. The one with uh, where Mewtwo escapes and then he lures all the trainers to the island and then he makes clones of the Pokemon. He's like, you trainers don't know what you're doing. Uh, Pokemon shouldn't be enslaved. I'm going to fuck you all up. I'm going to beat you all. I'm the strongest Pokemon around. This is when he was only aware, aware of 151 Pokemon and didn't know that the god of Pokemon existed, Arceus. But anyways. Um, Shout out to Stray. Apparently I missed him, but I didn't see him type in chat. My bad. God damn it, Tyler. Um, oh, goddamn straight for not typing. Um, so the movie comes out, I think, sometime in July in Japan. Um, yes, Japan. And uh, as uh, I'm assuming the biggest sigh is the fact that it's coming out in CGI versus your uh, ye old animation of uh, cartoony look. Yes. Um, I cannot fault anybody for trying something new, and which is why I think they're not making a quote-unquote new movie, but a uh, you know remake of an existing movie to test out the whole style. But I just cannot visualize it. I like even that that one minute long trailer that really didn't show much. Just Mewtwo flying through a bunch of clouds and then meeting Mew at the end. It was hard to envision. It looked like one of the trailers that they put out for the trading card games, uh, which are often like in CGI style like this. Yes, and yes. I couldn't get that out of my head. Like that's all I could see. Like this cheesy You're to see a booster style and yeah. The trailer. Um, I, I'm I'm not excited for it because a big part of the charm for Pokemon was the animation style. Uh, because it carried over quite well, in my opinion, between the games and the anime and the movies. Like it was, it created this nice consistency, regardless of whether you liked the anime movies or the games. Um, it still all felt the same. It still felt similar. It felt consistent. It it still felt like it all belonged. And so this is strange. It feels weird because it feels like a move by Nintendo to go for a cash grab because they're they're so used to putting out a movie with every time there's a new legendary that they can you know try to work with. Also, shout out to the fact they were posting the uh, I don't remember what the movie was called, but it featured uh, Victini and the uh, the two dragon Pokemon, which uh, I Nezcrom I believe and oh gosh Reshiram. Uh, is that common Reshiram? Yes, uh, it was a good movie. In fact, I watched it twice on uh, on Twitch. That was good, but it feels weird because you know Pokemon the first movie and the uh, the sequel to that uh, Pokemon the uh, movie Mewtwo Returns. It was a very awesome product of its time because Pokemon was still in its near infancy in the American market, and seeing something of that quality really brought people together. There's so much promotion with it. Like, fuck, Burger King was giving out Pokeballs that had you know carrot some carrot like two carrot gold uh, cards. Yikes. 
inside of them. And there was just so much shit and hype over it that people, you know, loved the movie. It turned out to be a damn good movie, too. And so the idea that they're trying to make a CGI 3D version of this, it seems almost unoriginal. It seems kind of boring, in fact. I mean, putting that as like, I can understand why they're doing it this way. Um, I would prefer that it's done and tested this way. Uh, again, I agree that it seems a little bit unoriginal. Maybe um, some might argue lazy that they're just taking really the story and like whatever storyboards from a different movie and making this just with a different art style um, or animation completely CGI. It's just I don't like it, but I'm going to wait to see it. Maybe I'll see it. I'm not sure if I'll see it. I've fallen off the Pokemon movies in the last few years, but um, I'm just glad at least. I got an important question a, for the both of us that we should yeah. answer here. Are we grumpy old man children? Yes. Are, are we just complaining about? Um, no, that was like, that's pretty much been established ever since we started complaining about Pokemon. Let's go, Eevee, and let's go, Pikachu. So I'm not even gonna. I'm insulted that you have to ask that question, Tyler. Ah, okay, great. I'm sorry. I'll check my <laughs> question asking privileges. <laughs> it, it feels like we're griping over nothing. If you think about it in hindsight, in hindsight, it's always 2020. No, yeah, right? it, 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 I, I think a big part of it is that it seems always frustrating that um, the the core fan base tends to not be considered or tends to be ignored but then i can't blame a corporation or a company for wanting to expand its uh, uh audience reach and so you know a lot of the newer games uh, let's go is essentially a way to introduce a general casual audience into the complex world of the pokemon games and how difficult they can get if you wanted to dive that you know go that route but if you still want to just enjoy the games for they, what they are, you can, you know, play it something similar to Let's Go when one of, whenever the next game comes out. Would you say that you are technically part of the core Pokemon fans? I'm part of the, I, I would I would argue we're part of the old guard. <laughs> the old guard, oh boy. We're part of the old guard. Things are changing, uh, not necessarily for the better. Let me ask and, you a second question then. Yes. This, uh, this might challenge it. Yeah. What's the last Pokemon movie you, you've seen? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good um, question because maybe we are not the ones that are actually watching the movies and we're the wrong audience that it's catering to at this point because I feel like... Uh, no, which, is, which is uh, what I was trying to touch upon as well. Like I'm just talking about my preference and what made uh, the movies, the anime, and the games feel connected, uh, being the art style and the fact that they're trying something like this. I don't like it, but I can understand them You know, appealing to a different audience, to a younger audience maybe, to bring more people in so that you know they're selling more games more people playing the games more people are watching the anime and stuff um let me pull up the list of pokemon movies here it just throws me off i'm trying to figure out what the main benefit is i mean if they do it in cgi it gives them a chance to remake the uh the mewtwo versus mew movie but at the same time it's like that that's a lot more money to be blowing onto a movie so it's like it feels like a lot of effort to just to remake something that's pretty good just make an hd version of pokemon the first movie it, it, it can still be pretty damn good, I, I would like to think. Oh boy, are you ready? Yes. The last movie I watched was in 2010, or at and least what, it came out in 2010. Uh, Zero uh, Master of Illusions. Wow, okay. Yeah. I think the last one I watched uh, involved, uh, it's called Mew in the Tree of Life or something like that? Or the, the Mystery of Mew or something like that? Lucario and the Mystery of Mew. Lucario and the Mystery of Mew, okay. And uh, what about That Detective? came out in 2005. There a fucking not. <laughs> but I mean, so, if you've watched, if you watched the movies with Zekrom and Reshiram, they came out in 2011. We do have uh, two questions coming in, if you're yeah, ready for this. Sure. 
Uh, the first one is by Q. Uh, what is the, the favorite or your best Pokemon game that you've played? Or I'm assuming he means what your what your favorite is or what you think is the oh, best. Oh, um, uh, I don't think it's the best game, but my favorite is Platinum. It's the first game I got when I uh, first Pokemon game I got after the Game Boy Advance when I lost my Game Boy Advance and then I couldn't play uh, Emerald anymore. And my mom bought me a DS Lite and then I got Platinum and then I sank 210 hours into it. Nice. Uh, for a main core Pokemon game, I would probably say Pokemon Ruby for me specifically, because <laughs> uh, that introduced the abilities and uh, it, it changed a lot of in terms of competitive play. In terms of side game, I was always a big fan of Pokemon Snap and or Pokemon Pinball for the Game Boy Color, not the uh, Game Boy Advance one, but that's only because I never played it. Right. Now, uh, uh, second question is, uh, what about Detective Pikachu? Uh, do you think you're hyped up for that or is that um, uh, just not really on your field here? Did we, did we not talk about Detective Pikachu when the trailer came out? I feel like we did. I, I might have been talking about. We it with mentioned friends. a little bit, and uh, my saying that Ryan Reynolds might need to take a seat back because he's uh, getting a little too hot right now. But uh, uh, um, I mean, uh, are you excited to see that when it comes out? I'll watch it when it comes out. I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold off any kind of judgment because based on the trailer, I don't like that particular style of CGI. Um, you don't like Mr. Mime? No, Mr. Mime was one of the few that were well done. I think, um, mm. mind you, because okay, from. From the official artworks that uh, from Ken uh, Sugimori and a lot of the other art uh, artists that worked on uh, the, the the you know the Pokemon designs, um, like for example Jigglypuff, based on the artwork, to me Jigglypuff looks like a smooth-haired creature. Criminal. Oh, okay, yes. Sure, but from but in the movie Jigglypuff is very much a fuzzy creature, and so there's just these few disconnects here and there that I'm not seeing the connections in my head yet. Or at I least mean, I'm not agreeing you, with. Would you believe her or uh, a Jigglypuff to be more rubbery colored or? No, smooth? no, like no. I I understand like, uh, but uh, here I'm being nitpicky about the differences between fuzzy fur and then short fur, short haired like kind of coat. Uh, but to me, like it's just there's a dissonance in what I was imagining they'd look like in CGI in a real life setting and what their artwork is. Um, and so I'm just I'm just gonna hold off until I actually see it to see if some of that dissonance goes away. Um, like even Pikachu doesn't look as furry to me. Mal mice in general are not that fuzzy. Uh, they're a lot. They're short-haired and their coats are a lot thinner. Not you know not super fuzzy like that. But I can understand why they'd make Pikachu fuzzy because it's Pikachu. You have to make him appealing to kids. I personally feel like uh, Detective Pikachu. I'm gonna treat it the same way like I did Venom, where we understand that Venom the movie is gonna be kind of detached away from Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse simply because uh, it's owned by Sony. The, the show is being run by Sony and Marvel's like, don't fuck this up for us, please. And yep. we're like, okay, yep. we'll do our best. And so people watched Venom and it turned out Venom, even though it was separate from Marvel, was pretty damn good. It was, it was, yeah. was top-notch, but it was still pretty it good. Was, it was entertaining start to finish. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Detective Pikachu is pretty attached away from the rest of the Pokemon thing. Like, I'm not sure how much uh, Nintendo is going to say, hey, this is our new child over here. Look at us doing the great movies. We're going to make it out here. They're going to, uh, you know, give it some support. Last few months, they're going to leave it alone, see it where it takes off in the uh, water. And if it does great, Nintendo will be like, that's my stepchild. And if not, Nintendo's like, what's that? I that's will say, though, there are the, there is the one Pokemon in the trailer that I think was uh, the closest thing that I was imagining to what they would look like in a real life, you know, in a CGI kind of like real life movie, live action movie. Okay. And that was what the uh, Emolga. Um, so I think really? in the marketplace, when shortly after uh, the young kid and Pikachu meet, they're walking down the marketplace, you'll see a bunch of uh, Emolga just sitting on one of the uh, uh, roofs of a shack. And to me, they're like, because Emolga is, I think, uh, modeled after a uh, 
flying squirrel and the kind of like pelt or coat that a squirrel has it that's what it seemed like on Enmolga where it was kind of short and smooth and just sticking closer to the skin and to me that seemed a lot more realistic than or at least matched up with what I thought Imolga looked like honestly I think it's going to be an okay game. Oh, okay game. It's, well, it's, it's probably going to be an okay it, movie. Yeah. The 3DS, but everybody forgot it ex- existed. We still don't. Does anybody, has anybody ever fucking played Detective Pikachu for the 3DS? I've never heard of anybody playing Detective Pikachu for the 3DS. No one's ever fucking mentioned, even though it was supposed I'm to be such a big never heard of it. Now everybody's like, there's a movie coming out. This is the first time I've heard of Detective <laughs> Pikachu. Okay. So um, let's, uh, it's Ryan Reynolds. I think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to be an okay movie. I'm just going to wait until I see it. Ryan Reynolds, like, I don't know, like a one to 10 scale. I feel like it's an instant plus four to anything that could happen. So they would have agree. to fly yeah. fairly hard. And even then, I feel like uh, even if it's a bad game or a bad game, uh, a bad movie, I feel like Ryan Reynolds would be able to have fun with it. And then so. if not, then Deadpool will uh, take care of the rest and say, hey, because, yeah. you, you know, Ryan Reynolds will fucking do that if he gets the chance. So uh, we'll, we'll see. So I think that's pretty much it, except I do have one personal question of my own. Yes, sir. What out of all the Pokemon, and I know if you've you've caught them all because you're goddamn beautiful monster that has a living dex, what is the most unoriginal Pokemon? Uh, uh-huh. um, I think I think this is I think this is where me and, and Cam agreed upon, despite Generation 5 being his favorite generation in terms of games. Um, yes. I think Generation Five had some of the most uninspired Pokemon designs, um, and I'm and I two come to mind specific immediately when this question was uh, when I saw this question, um, Thrubbish and Vanillux or v- uh, Vanillite. Um, honestly, those were two of the most uninspired designs that I could ever that that. Uh, so uh, the counterpoint your Thrubbish question, you don't like it because it's essentially a bag of garbage with eyeballs. Yes. So. We also have a purple pile of shit with eyeballs known as Grimer. So what what, yeah. what is the different? What, what what makes more one more ori- original here? What's going um, on? Here? I think um, background and ability wise, uh, they make Grimer and Muck seem a lot more um, versatile, right? And they've adapted to kind of their um, environment. They can do all these different things. You've got a lowland Grimer, a lowland uh, Muck uh, that have these different forms or whatever. Whereas with Thrubbish and Garbodor, it's kind of like uh, sure, similar kind of concept to Muck and Grimer, but just even design-wise, it's not. It's kind of like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, we just put you some eyes. On. Trash. Pretty much, one hundred percent, they are trash. Um, whereas, like, like you can, I, I understand your uh, counter argument when it comes to Grimer and Muck, but they they're labeled as poison Pokemon. They, they existed, like they evolved from you know all this uh, pollution that we're putting out to have this own unique some extent unique form that's constantly moving they can squish down as much as they want they can move around like this they can throw lobs of poison at their enemies whereas Thrubbish are just like all right you know that's my that's my uh, six week old uh, garbage bag that i left full and went on vacation now i come back and everything's alive kind of oh, no. kind of design um, <laughs> um whereas with vanillux vanillite vanillite vanillux I trash out for more than two days and it becomes its own entity and then leaves. I'd be okay with that. That would save me a lot of <laughs> um, If it comes back, I'd be like, shit. I need to get the, the names of this right. Uh, vanilla. Uh, vanilla, I, I believe you're referring to the ice cream Pokemon? Yeah, Vanilla, Vanillish, and Vanillux. Yes. The, the uh, <sighs> more scoops, everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't, I, honestly, I don't understand what the thought process behind this Pokemon was. 
Um, they think of, they're probably thinking at the time, what are our favorite things and can we turn it into Pokemon? Like, for example, uh, like, oh, uh, when I get the fuck out of work, I was like, well, you know, Nintendo HR is like, mm, motherfucker, let's go with this. Uh, how do you leave work? Car. Uh, what do you need? Key. Make it a key. Key Pokemon. Klefki. Bam. Bam, bam. Think of bam. Klefki, the, uh, the only reason I didn't um, maybe necessarily think of Klefki was because Klefki is a son of a bitch to fight. It's a little oh. thing, but because it's still fairy typing, I, is like it, it makes it close to invincible. Look, Garbodor is a very useful Pokemon when it comes to the trading card game. So if you're going to talk about versatility, I'm going to start to debunk you right here and now. But I have no talk- knowledge when it comes to the trading card game, so I can't even fight, argue with you there. <sighs> okay. Uh, the other three Pokemon, two are serious, one is a joke. The two are, I'm going to pick from our, in the original ones. Uh, I already forgot one of them, so I guess I'm down to two. Maybe I'll remember. The first one is Geodude. Uh, okay. It's been agreed on in uh, the Pixelmon Gen server that I'm on that uh, Geodude is very uninspiring. It's a fucking rock that's constantly flexing Hulk Hogan style, but it it's just a piece of rock with eyeballs, essentially, and okay. a mouth. Yeah, I, mean, I don't really know why it has a mouth. I think just so it can say Geodude. And I, I did remember uh, my uh, second of three Pokemon. Uh, the second one I'd like to point out is Doug Trio. It's just three diglets fucking together, okay? I mean, it's kind of like Magneton. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? You see, I can kind of understand that. I think there's a lot of mystery surrounding Diglett and Doug Trio. What's, what's, below, what's below the ground? What's... What are they- we- I mean, if uh, the pictures are to be believed, a, a bunch of uh, oiled up bodybuilders holding each other. Um, but okay, I can, I can. That is a fantastic. I've, I've, I've seen the pictures. Um, I, I can agree with those. Yeah. And uh, the third one I'd like to say is probably the most uh, unoriginal. Is probably well, you know, Evie. But yeah, that's I, I, I figured. I was waiting for that. I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised you didn't say that was your first choice. <laughs> Don't worry, it evolves into something kind of original, like uh, red Eevee, blue Eevee, yellow Eevee. You know, Eevee's original. Is well, I mean, the- I mean, genetically, it does make sense that when something becomes older or changes, it still has some some physical features that harken back to its original appearance. That is true. That is true. It, it just sucks because Eevee looks so goddamn boring that it kind of negatively affects the other forms. Well, that's okay. You slap a ribbon on it, bam. You know what? So- you know what? You know, everybody has an opinion, even if they're wrong. That's fine. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a big step for you, Nick. Uh, I, I really thought you wouldn't be so humble, but uh, you, you really put it out there. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you know what stinks, though? Uh, just a complete side note. I'm not going to uh, What stinks? Uh, tra- Garbador and, and Thrubbish. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Nick, 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 Nick with the jokes. <laughs> I really got excited because I thought there was going to be a Lowland form for Eevee. And what I saw, and uh, it must have just been a joke goof up, it was a picture of uh, Evie that was, I believe, dark, but it had uh, 1980s glasses that had the stripes through the lens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it looked like a pimpin' ass Evie, and I was very upset when uh, they didn't have that. <laughs> it should have fucking gave Evie with uh, the, the, the goon from fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Bebop's eye, uh, sunglasses. It would have been looking think- fucking awesome. I think a dragon evolution for Eevee would be pretty sick. So uh, I, I don't know how that would look, but I think it would be pretty sick. The camera did suggest something here, and I'm going to put a vendetta to it. Uh, Eevee needs the evolution to another Eevee that's also normal type. Like this uh, could be a like a, how Pikachu never wants hmm. to evolve. 
Like Evie just wants to remain the same. Evie needs to be original kind of thing. I can I can imagine I can I can I can see that. I can see like an Evie at level 50 evolving into like a swole Evie, like a buff, like a fuck your shit up Evie that just starts walking on two legs. Nice. <laughs> I also wonder what like Hoopa kind of uh, uh, specifically, I wonder what it'd be like if Eevee turned into evolution that had all the types that uh, Eevee was, you know, uh, water, fire, lightning, just all of the fucking types, all just mashed into one. Uh, uh, but, uh, but Tyler, th there is a Pokemon that exists like that. Wait, are you talking about Arceus? Arceus? Yes, pretty much. Yeah, I, that, Ar Arceus is pretty much the Mickey. What if... Wait, what if Eevee is is the base base form of Arceus? Oh man, it's the Fion to Manaphy. It's the Eevee to Arceus. I mean, technically they're they're on Be they're, because kind of Eevee's Eevee's DNA is unstable, and so exposure to certain radiation forces its uh, evolution to change. Arceus, all you have to do is give him a little USB drive, and he can use any move that he wants. Nice. Uh, my final question before we. <laughs> no, that's fucking cool. <laughs> God damn, we're about to break the lore over here, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, do you want to start a Pokemon lore podcast? If, if is there an, another type of EV uh, that you would like to see happen? Uh, Evolution, uh, can um, uh, poison. Poison would be cool. Um, I think I, I, I'd I'd like to see what they'd be able to do with the flying type EV. Um, make not necessarily give it wings, but maybe like again like a, squ a flying squirrel, uh, okay. kind of like uh, flesh flaps webbing. Um, a nice uh, white and uh, with dark gray pattern to it too. I sure. Can imagine. Sure. Uh, me personally, I would love to see a uh, a, a steel Eevee. I think it would be cool. That would be pretty cool too. Yeah. Mecha Eevee. Oh, I mean, and it just look like just like normal like base form Eevee, but just steel like Mega Noise. <laughs> I mean, we do have a Pokemon that kind of acts like that. I believe it's called Type Semicolon Null or something like that. Where type it's null, uh, yeah. Which, you know, it'd be cool. I think it, I think it evolves into Sylvanie or something like a Sylvanie. Sylvanie. Okay, but honestly, I, I feel like uh, a key was suggesting a fighting type Eevee. Just this giant ass Eevee with twelve forearms. <laughs> Do you even have to go? Swolly, Swolly, Oh god, Swolly on, Swolly on. Oh my gosh, Jesus Christ! What are we doing here? Oh man. Uh, so what do we got for game releases? Um, it's pretty slow. We've only got three big game releases coming out on the 11th of January. Um, we've got Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey coming out wow. on the uh, console, a, a device I've never heard of, 3DS. So uh, Bowser's Inside Story, I believe, came out originally on the Nintendo DS and it came out, it's being released on this. It's like putting a fucking badge of honor that you can play on a corpse. Why would they fucking do this? It's coming. Out I have no idea. Yeah, it's coming out for it. the 3DS. Um, then we've got new Super Mario's Bro Ultimate Deluxe, January yes. 11th for the switch so uh the nintendo's next big game uh their first party title which they haven't really put too much on is uh was, was the first time i'm hearing about this too i was surprised they made a new, they're making a new super mario brothers u deluxe which i'm assuming is going to be kind of like uh the wii u because you know if if it's a u it, it came from the, uh, the wii u which is also another dead console that is thankfully staying dead also cam suggests bug eevee so i'd like to see what that looks like too uh so it's just it's just a port it's an updated port plus some so i mean they haven't fucked up with ports before so i mean never heard I, of it i never heard of it i don't you never heard of uh well i mean it came out for the wii u so i can't blame no, i'm it. saying i've never heard of ports being fucked up before oh 
I mean, has there been a port that came onto the Switch from Nintendo that's uh, been bad? Not that I've heard of. Like, they've all been okay. Like, Doom's been okay. Like have a countermeasure just so, like, Nintendo, you better know. That way you didn't fuck up like you did with this. So far, the you know, all, it's usually new shit like Arms or uh, Labo that's been kind of mm-hmm, screwy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll make them a bunch of money. So um, We've got one more game on the list. Uh, Tales of Vesperia, the definitive edition, coming out on... PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch on the 11th of Jan as well. So everything about Mac, essentially. Which is interesting, because Tales of Vesperia, I'm pretty sure that's not even the latest one. I believe uh, Brasaria was the latest one that came out. And so I guess it's just getting a, a remake update. And Probably. I wonder, if, do they even look at fucking sales? Or they just put a bunch of names on a dartboard and say, which one are we going to remake? Poof, Vesperia. Okay, sure. I- I think that's accurate. I think that's probably what a lot of these companies do. They're like, oh, you know, this this game out of the original trilogy that released 10 years ago, game number two was the best, but I really think people would really enjoy playing game number one, despite <laughs> them asking us repeatedly for game number two. Uh, see Square Enix with Final Fantasy games. Uh, <laughs> this game, uh, this day in gaming, uh, there wasn't anything too crazy, so I no. think we're in a section yeah. if you don't. Um, like we've, uh, like, like, what has been the norm for the last few weeks uh december january is pretty slow for the most part um for game releases um both current and in the past um but yeah good deal so let's do some wrap up plugins uh you can find me since uh, i'm uh narcissistic enough to put myself first sorry i was gonna i was gonna put you first anyways so fuck you it's okay and outside the podcast i always put you first buddy so uh you can check me out i'm on twitter i'm at two times tyler all uh one word all letters no no don't actually put it to just put the word to uh two don't hurt yourself here this is english you know english is good nick where can we find you uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at lr warrior 11 you can also find me on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash lr warrior 11 um you can find the show casual master quest on our twitter at master quest pod or email, email us at casualmasterquest at gmail.com. Um, you know, comments, concerns, questions. You want to wanna find out more about our personal lives. You want to just hang out. You want to yell at us. We're here for everything. Um, yeah. And I also would like to point out, uh, upon Nick's suggestion, I think we uh, should start building up the idea. We, we're doing live today for the first time in ever, just because it's, it's been, been a while. little bit. Yeah. But uh, apparently we found a bunch of cool people uh that really really uh wanted to actually have uh talks with us and that was awesome thank you guys for uh the sudden sparked interest and uh hopefully uh if you guys are still interested we'd love to hear your questions you know you can think of over time and uh we can start a nice q a of some yeah. sort i was thinking um you know maybe every now and then every let's say four episodes um we could do we we decide on a topic beforehand decide on a date and time and then just you know see if people show up ask us questions interact with uh, live questions live audiences see how that turns out and i think this was a tiny experiment to see how that would go and i think it went okay i think it went okay yeah all right nick uh take us away this is uh this is the end of the episode man all right yeah it is the end of the episode and i'm the host apparently i forget how these things work uh thank you very much for listening have a happy new year um we are casual mess quest that is tyler in that corner out there sounding that sexy as ever oh uh, uh, yeah i am nick Ella warrior the only only second are you still- <laughs> <laughs> tyler we are casual mess quest and don't forget to never stop the guy bye see you guys next week baby